Did you catch my redhead tidbit earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was no word for the color orange. That was a good one. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Did Eddie know that? No, he didn't. Oh, used to be orange and red. Same fucking thing. No distinction whatsoever. But the fruit and orange was called a norange. And then about the time they figured out, well, we should probably call this a separate color too. uh, It had melded from a norange into an orange. And then they just called the color orange. That's why red, red-haired people are redheads instead of orange Coincidentally, heads. also why oranges are orange and why there's only one word for both of them. Yep. Wow. Yeah. The more you fucking blowing know. my mind. Yeah. The more boom, you fucking boom, know. Boom. Yeah, you put this at the fucking inter- in- end of the show, too. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Whatever Podcast, episode 72. That's right, 72. Uh, 72 is also um, the margin that we beat all the other podcasts by last week. It's the largest margin in the history of podcasts. Yeah, we set records. Uh, I'm pretty sure that didn't actually happen. Well, no. What? What? Did you actually like like check the Google stats or the iPad, uh, iTunes stats? No, that's just what somebody told me. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm pretty sure you need to check that because no, I, I looked at that earlier and, and, and you're not even, not, not even on that. Well, I, I think we can both agree that it was a large margin though, right? Uh, by no standards, by no one's standards, was that a large margin? But that—that's what somebody told me right before, right before it went on. Yeah. You maybe need to stop listening to math addicts. Oh, uh, possibly seventy-two as a corollary, though. Seventy-two is like the number of virgins you'll get if li- you go. Listen, up. all right. The people that uh, told me this though are good people. All right, tremendous people. <laughs> they're the right, best. I know the best. They're people. really the best people. Everybody's saying so. Everybody's saying so. Yeah, definitely. Uh, should we do a show? I think so. Yeah, right. let's go ahead. Yeah, yeah, with with three people actually. Um, also, I have not talked to possessions like three or four times today for no good reason at all. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's do a show. Um, this week we have all kinds of uh, Batman rumors. We, we just we're going up and down. We're just riding that roller coaster through the Batman rumor mill. Um, so that's fun. We're going to talk State of the DC EU Union. Um, that that should be fun. Yeah. I just added yeah. a union. Yeah. Uh, that should be fun. Yeah, really. I mean, we're already drinking, so maybe that's just the part where we break out the whiskey. Enough. Yeah. Uh, oh, is Marvel. there whiskey? Is there whiskey? Things are looking up. Are you in? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I rarely drink whiskey at your house. I always have whiskey, but I rarely drink it. <laughs> that's why you always have it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Uh, these things. These things go together. Uh, does correlation equal causation? <laughs> um. We got some Marvel news. Logan, as it turns out, looking bright, looking bright. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes uh, has has some some scores and you know spoilers, but it, it's pretty good. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Um, two two negative reviews. Yeah. For the like out of all the all the reviews it, so it's, far, it's probably the guy from the Christian review. He's like, but God didn't invent these dirty mutants with their extra genes and what have you. Um, no, that's that's true. There's like a, a guy that you get from the Christian, like some Christian magazine, and it's always some bullshit like that. We need anyway. to get rid of these beauties and make America great again. goddammit. it! <laughs> yeah, that's a quote, direct quote, actually. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, how how you know Fox and Marvel could you know uh, heal the tension, uh, you know give a, give each other hand jobs or whatever. And uh, is one of us gonna read that article the before we actually go live? Is Dutch I, I did. I skimmed it. It's only like it's really like a paragraph. So. <laughs> I skimmed it except for it was one of those uh, ones where you're supposed to hit next and find more content, and that's when I hit back and say fuck you. Yeah, no, I yeah, know. it's the worst. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're almost a necessary evil sometimes when you're doing like the top right thirty-five right. Marvel movies yeah. in history. These stupid fucking things just to get page clicks. Yeah. 
we got comic book news. We're going to talk bat books uh, this week. We also read Jessica Jones. Um, and that's a lot of fun. In that. I've been Not- reading it. I, I finally browbeat Eddie into getting caught up on it. Yeah. We, we uh, meaning Matt, has read the book uh, over the natural course of time. And I read like four of them before I got here. So. Um, well, first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first. That's all right. You guys can explain it to me. That's, uh, you know, <clears throat> my, my, I'm, not, I'm not exactly caught up on the comments. So. You know. No. Um, and uh, we got some other stuff in there, but we're also going to close out with a classic match. We're talking uh, 1999 St. Valentine's Day Bat Massacre. That's Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Mr. McMahon the himself. Boss. The boss. We just watched it. It was tremendous. It was tremendous. It was tremendous. Huge. 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 Uh, Alright, let's get to it. Word. Batman, huh? Batman. Uh, okay, so for those of you who haven't read this news yet, it uh, we were talking last week, there was a rumor that Matt Reeves was in talks to direct the uh, Batman movie, and as it turns out, those talks fell over almost as quickly as the rumor started that they were happening, even though the last time it was reported on, it was like, oh yeah, they're just, they got to sign some papers and everything's fine, and we're basically a done deal. And they gave him a this week. week. This week he was like, nah, fuck the Batman. So this is this is funny, because um, the last four weeks have had us reporting that Ben Affleck um, was indeed directing. Um, which he was originally. And then uh, two minutes later, he was not directing. Mm, clearly. Which he's not now. This was also followed by maybe he wants out of his contract entirely, which I've not heard more on that since those initial rumors came out. That doesn't sound like Ben to me. I know him very well. Um, the only, you know, tremendous guy. Yeah, we tremendous guy. Tremendous the guy. Um, the thing about it is that might take a while to substantiate, though, because there's contracts involved and it's a matter of like... Okay, so let's start with that little nugget right there. Let's just say, hypothetically, Ben does one out of his contract. This is like, uh, sort of like Ben winning the lottery. I mean, he kind of already has. He, he won the genetic lottery. He's got all this fucking money. He's a beautiful man. Yeah. He, um, I'd fuck him. But, but Ben is also a huge Batman fan. Like, mm-hmm. huge, huge Batman fan, actually reads the books, um, super big fan of the movie, was really, really on board with doing this thing uh, the whole time. So, what would it take to kill his love of Batman enough that he wouldn't want to be in this uh, franchise anymore? I mean, just start there. Um, I think, essentially, what you have to do is butcher the entire shared universe. Or just suck Every single last drop of joy out of the project by, you know, I don't know, whatever sort of skull fuckery they're doing with with this thing. Uh, so we, we talked about this. We've got Matt Reeves now dropping out of the director's chair, um, you know, that he only kind of got one cheek into. Um, we talked about The Flash before. Um, the Flash is now on its third director who's well, not been announced. They, they don't have one. Yeah. yeah. It, when, yeah. when they do get a director, presuming they do get a director, they're on their third director. And their second script. And their second script. And they've already had... Um, you know, really good guys on this already. Like the directors that they got for the first two iterations uh, or the first two directors that they, they talked about for this movie. I think we were pretty happy with the choices when I heard Matt Reeves was going to do it. I was like, okay, that's, I'm on board for that. Obviously Ben Affleck, I, I think we've said, wait, were you or, going with the flash or, or Batman either? Um, <clears throat> b- because this is kind of, I guess this is kind of going to branch into the, like the whole say the DCU thing. Um, but, yeah, Matt Reeves dropping out now, Ben Affleck not wanting to, to direct. Uh, it seems to me like one of the functions of the director is probably going to be as the liaison between the studio and the, you know, the actual talent. Well, and this, and this is the part that doesn't make just, sense to me is they brought Jeff Johns in to basically head up the entire entertainment division for DC Comics, right? 
I have to imagine somebody is still sticking their fingers in the pie. And he helped write the the script for Batman. Um, Theoretically, it was was Affleck and Johns, and then they did bring in Chris Terrio, and Chris Terrio uh, Mm -hmm. revised the whole thing, so... Um, but that's okay because Terrio does good work. He he did the script for Argo, and Argo, you know, won Oscars and shit. So it was it was a pretty good movie. Uh, yeah. I, I I can't imagine that bringing Terrio in w- was a bad thing, but it just no. really feels to me like there's still some executives at Warner Brothers that are are trying to pull the strings on on the the DC shit. And why bring Jeff Johns into that if if you're not gonna let? It? I mean, he is the chief creative officer for the entire DC Comics division. So why? not let him create. Yeah. I just, we're, you know, two directors down on the flash We're two directors down on Batman. Like it just screams to me that like these people do not want to work with whoever the fuck they have to answer to it. Warner brothers. Like, uh, there's a lot of other reasons why you could drop out of the project, but it seems to me like studio meddling would be the, the common, you know, uh, the underlying cause here, the common denominator, if you will. Um, they, they don't have a Feige mm-hmm. and that's, that's part of the problem. But the thing is, is, is they are Wait, they trying. They don't have a faggy. <laughs> I'm... Kevin, Kevin Feige. Yeah. Oh. Uh, they, oh okay. they, they're trying to um, <laughs> kind of manipulate the thing like Mar- like Marvel does with their their movies. Like some of some of the time, it almost doesn't matter who directs because Marvel has such a Marvel tone to it that they're not going to let people deviate to such a point that that's not going to happen. Now you can tell differences. I mean, obviously things that are directed by the Russo brothers are, are, are pretty visible because they, they're far and far and away superior to most of the other Marvel products out there. Um, gun, James Gunn, when mm-hmm. it comes to guardians, like his movies have a very specific feel to it. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately what it comes down to is Marvel does have a very definite vibe that they want these movies uh, to convey and they get that it doesn't matter who's in the director's chair they're going to get that vibe um it seems like warner brothers slash dc is trying to do that but they haven't established a vibe yet so it's so yeah D- dc has been behind the eight ball because marvel like when they started out we forget that there was absolutely nothing guaranteed about the marvel universe because what iron man was pretty much the first big main movie because they had the spider-man before that iron man was the first mm-hmm. mcu movie though right. um See, and iron one. man before the success of the movie iron man was very much like a b-level character Absolutely. like people didn't necessarily buy iron man yeah. comics yeah Nothing. like the thing, so, thing there too is um just to be clear i mean marvel is a spider-man property but at that point uh sony had bought the spider-man franchise so mm-hmm. it was produced by sony marvel uh marvel's first actual foray into this is like its own thing was iron man so yeah 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 i mean you had x-men and spider-man before that but they were both sort of like one-off shots they were there was no talk of an, an extended universe right. or anything like that and x-men or x-men fucking iron man is where it all started out iron and man was the hill that they were gonna die nothing on. nothing guaranteed absolutely so yeah it was it was kind of there hey if this works cool we'll, we'll roll with it if it doesn't make money Fuck it. It it had everything going against it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, just Except because of the fact that Robert Downey Jr. Well, no, that was Favreau. that was go- that was going against it too, as far as the studio was concerned. As as like Favreau was yeah. really he championed that whole cause, and and they were just like, all right, fucker. But if this doesn't do it, like, it's you. Yeah, if he yeah. gets on coke again, motherfucker, you're. Yeah, there, there was actually a lot writing on that movie for Marvel because um, now he snorts Marvel producers off of hookers. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> and they like it. Yeah. Every every. Oh, yeah. Please, sir, may I have another? Yeah. Um. You know, there was a lot riding on Iron Man, actually, because, uh, as we just mentioned a second ago, uh, Sony owned Spider-Man, uh, Fox owns uh, um, X-Men. And so, Fantastic Four at that point. And Fantastic Four I mean, at this point, which theoretically is... Theoretically, they still do, but who yeah. knows how much longer. Um, oh, God. 
but Marvel had uh, sold those properties basically so that they could have the finances to actually make their own movies. And so Iron Man was the first foray into them actually doing that. And, you know, luckily it worked out for them because uh, they, they might have been severely fucked. Like, I don't know how. I mean, yeah. presumably they might have been able to make another movie after that. I mean, those are not yeah. small properties and they probably didn't go for chump change. But well, And Universal um, Universal had um, Daredevil or not Daredevil, not Daredevil, um, fucking Ghost Rider. They had oh, Ghost yeah, Rider, yeah. they had Punisher, um, and they also had uh, Hulk. Actually, Universal still has their hooks in Hulk, which is... Yeah. People wonder why there's not another like Hulk movie. Number one, there's not a lot of Hulk stories you can tell. Hulk um, gets mad. Hulk num- smash. <laughs> number two, Universal does still have some ties to that character, so he like it's weird because he can be used in the uh, ensemble movies, mm-hmm. but like if they That's make another like Hulk Spider-Man. movie, then Universal gets a bigger piece of the pie, so... It's kind of like Spider-Man, except for now Sony basic. I, the way I kind of understand it is like Sony's basically bankrolling Spider-Man in exchange for them. Oh, okay, yeah. So they like, have distribution. The whole so. creative force is, is basically is, Marvel, which, which is, is the way it should be. Really, I'm I'm curious as to see how they work that out because right now you can go buy Phase One and Phase Two in like a giant box set. Like they're expensive. Don't get me wrong, but you can buy them. Yeah, I'm wondering how that's going to work with Phase Three because of Homecoming being in there and with Sony having distribution rights for it. Like, I don't think you're going to be able to buy. Like the box set, <laughs> they're just Marvel sells you a box set with one Blu-ray slot left open, like a blank there. sleeve. Yeah, <laughs> there, go buy this other one. You can slide it in here. Here's yeah. here's where the Spider-Man movie would go. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Smith did that for a while with the Jersey trilogy. Like he sold you a box because he couldn't sell all of them at the same time, so you could buy the box and then have a place to. <laughs> like, all your I bet he signed the box too. I bet you could buy that's, a signed box. Goddamn right he did. That's that's amazing. <laughs> I own multiple Kevin Smith signed things because of that. But yeah, I mean, moving back. Uh, so Marvel started with essentially what was a standalone movie. And they're just like, okay, if we're if we're going to die on the sill, as you put it, then fine, whatever. We're not really losing out on much. DC, I don't think they ever really made a movie that was just intended to be standalone or not, you know, yeah, not part of a big connected thing that they wanted to give you some bits that were going to be expanded on later. Well, okay, you know? so... I want to back up a little bit because actually I think Marvel may dipped a toe. Like when, when Iron Man ends, you know, there's the famous after credit scenes oh, yeah. where Nick, Nick, Nick Fury shows up, which is of course a hint to, they want to do something bigger. Um, I think the problem with DC is that they, and we talked about this probably ad nauseum at this point, but, um, DC just kind of sat there. Like they watched Marvel put out movie after movie that oh, did so amazingly well. Yeah. So and, and, I- I don't even think that's the problem, though. Like the t- the time that they took doesn't really matter. They didn't it's actually the approach that do they're taking with that's the actually. Well, dude, it's like the it's like the the kid who studies the whole semester and turns in all of his assignments and gets A's, and then uh, it DCs the kid in the class that sits in the back of the room that got all the way to you know the, the week before the end of the semester, and they're like, "Fuck, fuck, fuck! I didn't do anything this whole time, and I got to throw something out there." So they just like start scribbling bullshit on paper. And hopefully, you know, throw it out there. And it's not, you know, it it might pass. They might pass, I, but I it's not think good. There's a lot of guys in the Warner Brothers hierarchy that don't have a fucking clue what a comic book movie is supposed to be. Absolutely. You gotta feel like there's no way I think to look at these things and not come up with some sort of answer like that. I mean, granted, it, it could be bunches of coincidences or like maybe they really hate the secretary that works on the Warner Brothers desk or something like that. <laughs> but I kind of get the feeling that that's not the case, and I kind of get the feeling that they that Warner Brothers really get its head up its ass somewhere in there. Well, well, okay, try this on for size though. Marvel, um, absolutely 
could have failed and nobody would have given a fuck. Because there were a lot of Marvel properties that had failed terribly and nobody gave a fuck. Well, like if Iron, Fantastic if, Four. if Iron Man failed, I, exactly. I don't think that would have been the biggest. Because like you said, it was a nobody B-level character cared. at that point. Or, it would be like, oh, well, that's sad. Or but... if Thor had failed. If oh, Thor had failed. Thor, nobody would have fucking cared about Thor. Even after the success of Iron Man. Yeah, Thor, if Thor failed, eh, whatever. DC is in this situation where the studio is just like, we can't fail at this. I'm, I'm going to argue with you a little bit about Thor failing just mm-hmm. because of the fact that Thor was what, the fourth? Third. Fourth. Oh. Yeah, because Incredible Hulk, yeah. which is the movie I always forget. Yeah. Oh. Was so, that counted as an extended yeah. universe property? Yeah, okay. the Ed Norton. Okay. So it was meant to actually kick that thing off, but um, Ed Norton, I guess, is a bit of a Okay, a so that makes my work point with, even so. more because, because that movie... I mean, I thought it was decent, but nobody thinks about that when they think of Marvel movies. It did really well, considering, like, compared to Ang Lee's Hulk movie. I right. mean, right, which was a piece of garbage. They could have shown clips of my tiny dick for like two hours, though, and <laughs> it probably still would have done better numbers than Dude, Ang Lee's I Hulk would, movie. I would watch your dick myself only with better but numbers than Ang Lee's. I'm Hulk just gonna mark that so I can save that for the, the <laughs> Christmas card. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, it's Thor failing would have been more detrimental because it was the fourth mm-hmm. movie and because that by that point you have what was it iron man hulk iron man 2 then thor yes okay okay um not as catastrophic as cap failing though cap that would have been cap has become like the character as much as tony stark that that the entire universe kind of revolves around and whatnot so cap would have been a little bit more and that that actually i think is a little bit in line with the marvel universe in general like yeah the way things are working out right now are are kind of in line with the marvel universe in general i think which makes a lot of sense and works out pretty well except for the big notable absences which are the properties that marvel doesn't own um yeah, I don't know. The, the, I think the thing is it relates back to DC is like they saw Marvel, you know, having these successes and then they just really tried to get their homework in right at the end of the de- uh, deadline. They're, and it was way too late. And and they're so they fucking put out hellbent. Some, some serious schlock to do it. You know, they're, like, they're so fucking hellbent on not following the formula that Marvel took. Like they've yeah. even given interviews that said, no, we're not doing this. We're not going to have you watch six individual movies before we get to an ensemble movie. Well, you know what? Those movies were good. You see, yeah. it, it wouldn't even necessarily bother make me. make a good movie. Really, that's all there is to it. And fuck it, I liked Suicide Squad for a lot of it. Suicide oh, Squad it? was not a terrible movie. It, 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 Three quarters of it was a good movie. This is, yes. this is the yeah. problem with, the, with, with how they've done their universe, though. Suicide, Suicide Squad is the movie that has had the most heart mm-hmm. out of any of the movies they've done. Which, granted, has been three. But <laughs> it, it honestly has been, like, the brighter toned movie mm-hmm. and it was a fucking shit show yeah like i mean I, they were honestly you know they were trying to do a response to guardians of the galaxy like that's that's the dc version take take a lesser known property throw it on the big screen and right yeah. the lesser known that's kind of an ensemble kind of a little more fun kind of a little bit brighter and yeah it was it was and frankly the parts of the movie that sucked the most were the Anything parts where they're, with the joker yeah where they're trying to re- relate it to the rest of the fucking universe parts where they're trying to make any i, I liked sense. i actually enjoyed the flashback scenes with the flash and with batman i didn't yeah. so much enjoy anything with the joker because they tried to just be like you know what we're not gonna do a joker like you've seen before we're gonna do something different and like we're gonna do a gangster joker but what that's up? shit like i'm not watching scarface i'm watching it wasn't even scarface like it was like they, they tried to do we're gonna do something entirely different jared leto we need you to put on your best heath ledger impression and do that joker except for we're gonna put you in all this bullshit 
Yeah. Like, we're um, gonna give you a grill and some tats. Yeah, you're gonna look like a total dipshit. Um, you're you're gonna look like a hot topic threw up all over you. I mean, Suicide Squad is, like I said, three quarters of a good movie. They managed to fuck it up in the in the the finale. I thought, like, first off, I hated every scene with the Joker in it. Yeah, because he looks like a ridiculous, uh, just stupid. Um. But the plot at the end of the movie is really that where that really falls off, and it's kind of the same way for Batman vs Superman. That movie has plenty of flaws in it too, but really when it really falls off is the third act, um, and that's when they decide to you know let's pause and have an interstitial break so we can look at our you know upcoming Justice League movie, and uh, then then we're gonna have this ridiculous plot hole that doesn't make any sense. So why'd you say that name? You know, like yeah. uh, well, oh my god, of course. It, it, since yeah. we both our moms, our nah, mom's name are both you. the same. <laughs> we we don't have to fight anymore. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like trying. They're trying to pimp the extended universe stuff a little too hard, a, a lot too hard. It see the extended universe thing doesn't bother me, but I think that the real crux of it is like make a fucking good movie. Like stop. Right. You, you know, like if you want to have some broad strokes as as far as this is the kind of story we're going to tell, or we want right. to set up this other movie, that's fine. But you can't have it be such an overt uh, uh, thing when you do it. You know, like when we were talking about Batman versus Superman, when they just stop and pause and they're like, now we're going to watch a two minute ad for the Justice League, you know, like. Exactly. I'm saying flirt, that's not good flirt movie. with the Justice, Justice League. Yeah. Give, give the Justice League just a, just a, just a tip. Or just, just a tip. Come on. Or, or, you know, pull some bullshit like Marvel did with Civil War and just be like, you know what? Spider-Man's here now. Fuck you guys. We're going to put Spider-Man in this movie and he's going to be awesome. <laughs> Go for that. Then fine. Every single executive that has anything to do with the DCEU should read this. The Long Halloween by Jeff Loeb and Tim oh Sale. Oh my God. And pay the fuck attention. It's the reason why so many people actually went to see The Dark Knight Rises, even though The Dark Knight Rises was the weakest of the three installments. Yeah. Um, but it's a great Batman story, and it's not that complicated. Like, you can read this and get a good idea of who the Batman character is, who some of his central villains are, and how to tell a story that makes a little bit of fucking sense. Even though Tim Sale's a goddamn alcoholic. <laughs> I mean, I'm not casting aspersions on people here, but, uh, you know, Bryce likes to. Oh, Bryce is here this week, guys. Yeah, yeah. hey, what's up? That's my name. Joining us from the CNN press corps. <laughs> fake, you're fake news. You're fake news. Tremendous. Um, yeah. Tremendously um, fake. I'm going to read this right now. now I'll out. take a question from Breitbart. Yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that great? Look at the condition that's in. Oh my God. I only paid 12 bucks for it. So what? It was used. That's used. Are well, you shitting me? Bryce is careful not to drool over Matt's uh, recently acquired the Long Halloween um, um, trade. Uh, let's talk it's about like our twenty-four ninety-nine. Did you call it? Did you call it a trade? I did. I'm I sorry. Heard that term since the nineties. We call them trade graphic novels. Graphic now. novels. I'm twenty-four ninety-nine. Twenty-four ninety-nine cover price. I, I am partial so. actually to the trade paperback. Yeah, this, I like the trade too. This right yeah. here, yeah. over over fifty percent off, and it's. That fucking mint. It was twelve ninety nine. Mint is fine. So it's thirteen bucks. But yeah. it's solid. Okay, it's it's a solid. It's a solid. I got something to show you later. It was, it was a solid that. get. Like honestly, and I was telling Eddie this too. I texted him a picture of it when I bought it because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we're gay like that. Yeah. But um, <laughs> my my intent is to actually collect the uh, collected volume one of Ultimate Spider Man, mm. and they had one copy of the first uh, trade paperback of. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. It's a graphic novel, actually. <laughs> uh, but it was in really shit condition. Yeah. And so I didn't buy it. And I'm looking around and I'm like, and I found that and I was like, wait a minute, this is used and it's only 13 bucks <laughs> and it's okay. that good? I, like, I know people listening at home are going to be like, you know, you can just go on Amazon and just buy that shit. It's not as fun. 
Oh, you need to go find the no, book. No, this is this is a find. Like yeah, I found that, this. That's exactly exactly. Where, where did you find that? The book bin in Corvallis. No shit. Not even a yeah. comic book shop, right? Oh, are you right. kidding me? Not even it. a comic book shop. It. But they do have a, a, a very substantial graphic novel section. All right, let's talk some Marvel. Shall Should we? we talk some Marvel? What, no. In a, in a college Actually, town, I have one other topic to okay, cover. Go for it. Um, this is actually... Oh, the Black Adam thing. This this kind of coincides Ooh, with my yeah. what the fuck is wrong with DC as far as their extended universe goes. Mm. Um, so this is actually an interview um, with The Rock, Dwayne Johnson... Uh, talking about how he feels like Black Adam is a hero and not a villain. And how we feel that's pretty much bullshit. That's not right. <laughs> yeah. I, I will give the rock that the Black Adam did what Black Adam did for his people. Yeah. Uh, but then what he did was become evil. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, first off. <laughs> This, if they're gonna go balls out, like we're gonna do something weird with a character, Black Adam's probably a fine one to go for because you know outside of this circ- this this table, not a lot of people know about Black Adam. So I'm I'm kind of okay if they decide to stretch that one a little bit, but they're gonna have to stretch it a lot because basically Black Adam had this one moment where you could kind of call him an antihero, and then the rest is just straight up dickery. The after rest that. of the time he spends trying to kill a nine year old boy. Li- yeah, literally. Hmm. And it's not like he's like, oh, Shazam. He looks like this big, you know, powerful dude. I'm trying to kill. He knows he's a nine year old kid. And he's like, fuck that kid. Hey, that kid has my power. I want that. Hey, power. hey, he's better than Catholic Church. He's not trying to fuck the nine year old kid. Well, I mean, I mean, we metaphorically fuck that kid. You know, <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> right. But, you know, not psychologically fuck him up for the rest of his life. Just kill, kill him. him. Kill just him. Just right kill now. him. Yeah, right. It's not like. Yeah, never mind. I'm not going to go there. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just. Yeah, this is this case in point. Like one of the issues that we have right now is like we've got people playing these characters who don't necessarily understand the character i'll give ryan reynolds credit this at least he actually took the time and researched his role and like read jeff johnson's green lantern origins like so much so that he was correcting the people when they were like yeah that's not what that's not that's not the the, i mean it might not have come across on screen like we wanted it to but he took the time yeah but that's also seriously why I really want Ben to stay on as Batman because he knows Batman and he wants to keep it good and keep it. See, I just think, I think what they're fucking up here is like, especially with the black Adam thing is they're like, we're going to take the black Adam that, you know, and we're going to give him this twist. He's going to flip around and he's going to surprise you. And it's like, <laughs> we don't need a surprise. Just do the fucking thing we like. Um, I mean, yeah, for 98% of didn't... our audience, though, we're, we're going to take this Black Adam that you don't know. And we're going to tell you who he is. And then everybody that actually knows that is going to be pissed. Yeah, that's, basically. Which is another problem with comic movies. Just, that's another. I, I'll, I'll draw another parallel to Green Lantern. Sinestro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Guys, nuh-uh. Matt uh, Tyson from whatever podcast says, nuh-uh. Yeah. I bet they're going to put that fucking quote. Of, uh, I'll fucking go on record. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is a record. This is going to be published. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah, you just did. Um, but, I mean, nobody's going to listen to plus, it. Plus, I mean, like, the whole thing with Affleck, like, if we take a trip into the Wayback Machine and, like, go back and listen to uh, Kevin Smith talk mm. about when they were filming Chasing Amy, I think it was Chasing Amy, when Ben was staying in, in Kev's apartment and, like, would just sit on the floor of the living room and, like, read the original Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just absorbing himself in, into this comic book world. Listen to the uh, commentary track on Chasing Amy with Ben Affleck on it. He talks about comic books a fucking lot on that commentary track. Like, it's a medium that he actually cares about. 
and wants to do. He only did Daredevil because he thought that there was no way they were ever going to let him do Batman because Clooney had just fucked the dog. Yeah. So. Yeah. At the time, that's not a bad opinion to have. Right. So now we've got a guy who legitimately has wanted to be Batman since he was a kid. Mm -hmm. Given the opportunity to be Batman. Did a really, <coughs> excuse me, did a fucking phenomenal job. Absolutely. I just kind of think that the DC tends to, like, uh, Marvel's like, you know all that schlocky shit that you think isn't going to translate onto the screen at all? We're going to do it. You know, like Luke Cage's outfit? We're putting him in that shit. Like, that's going in the, the, the you know, hard oh, I haven't gotten to that part yet. Yeah. Uh, um, you haven't watched episode three? No, I've watched two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, all of I've that stuff. I've liked them. I've liked them. All of that stuff with Marvel. Hey. Marvel's like, no, we're going to make this work. Like, we're going to use our characters. They're going to be the characters you know you love. We're going to put those guys on screen. And over in the DC Universe, they're just like, hey, you know how Black Adam's really evil? And every, you know, week he, or every month when we publish an issue, he's trying to kill a nine-year-old kid? We're going to make that guy a good guy. And, the you know, like, the whole room is like, wait, what? Um, and then, then they're like, nope, ship it, publish. Well, to be fair, that, that was The Rock's opinion, though. Yeah, well, but they're talking about doing a Black Adam solo movie now, in addition to the Shazam movie, which is fine, and I think you could even get away with doing it as a prequel, like, you could do Mm -hmm. it before you even do Shazam, but at the end of it, he has to fall from grace, like, he's got to be evil by the time it's over with. And that might be the case. But if if your lead doesn't understand that his character really is a fucking dick, mm-hmm. then how is he going to put himself in that It's hard to even that say character that there needs to be a to fall. Film, because you know what I mean? Black Adam's not a very big fall. Like, th- th- there's not a part where he's, like, you know, a good guy who's just, you know, like, rescuing puppies and, and taking care of babies and shit like that. Like, he's kind of always pretty bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he just, he has, you know, like, sort of the Lex Luthor... But, but like, like you said, they could embellish the that every, a little bit. You know? Like, and it would not be the worst thing in the, on, on the face of the planet. But you still have to get to that core evil by the time it's all yeah, said it, and done. I mean, just, it's yeah, just he still like, has to be the villain in the Shazam movie. Like, yeah. And if your lead doesn't understand mm-hmm. that his character ultimately at the core is evil... Yeah. Then you've got a problem because like you've got to have not somebody a good dude. be able to step into those shoes and actually become that character. Well, okay, though, but but nobody in real life thinks that they're evil. You know that that's the thing. Nobody thinks that they're the bad guy. Like there's always some sort of mental justification where they think they're right, they think they're the good guy, or they think they're doing like a necessary evil, quote unquote. So wait, if, are we talking about the Trump Trump again? Yeah. <laughs> I wish you guys could see my face right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, 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 no. I can't because it's so, so far below my zipper. <laughs> uh, <I> mean... <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> you, you give it oh, okay, Kevin Smith there, the run for his you know, yeah. blowjob money, huh? So I don't, no I don't have a, a microphone to swing around, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> this right. one is very much attached. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The, it just, the thing with DC, like the Joker is another good example of that. Like, they're like, you know how the Joker is super scary and you know he's got this psychopath thing going on sometimes and sometimes he's kind of you know funny and blah 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 and, and then they give us the jared leto joker it's well like, yeah, we, and here's the thing. we need to do something edgy and Don't real change the know? character to make him scary there's a fucking reason that the joker is in the comics like he is well yeah. here's the thing this is going to be the it's going to come across as sexist and it probably is but harley quinn hot right that's oh. that's the thing they changed her character kind of fundamentally for Suicide Squad, because she is batshit fucking insane. 
but she's also gorgeous. And so when you're watching the movie or when you're reading the comic books, ultimately as, as the fan, like you want her to not be those things because you want her to be more appealing and whatnot. And, and that's, I don't want to say it's okay, but it's the accepted norm. Mm -hmm. And so when you change things like that, you don't necessarily get fan backlash. Like you get when you change a character like black Adam or the Joker or other things like that. I don't think, um, at its bones, they really changed Harley a ridiculous amount though. Like they definitely gave her, um, um, some shorter shorts, but, uh, not a ton. I think she's still playing the Harley Quinn. Uh, uh, she's in a different costume, but I I think she's still playing the Harley Quinn. That's not too far removed from DC spent the last 10 years grooming that character, even in the comic books though, toward this kind of a thing that, you know, that's kind of fair, but I I don't know. I kind of think that one's inevitable a little bit. I mean, I, people. I'm not saying people, you're wrong. People like a nice, hot, crazy chick. Is what I'm saying. I guess. Yeah. I mean, crazy hot scale. Yeah, crazy hot scale. It's exactly. All about the crazy if you're scale. gonna put your dick in crazy, it might as well be Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn's oh, at the top God. of that. Specifically, she's, Margot Robbie. There's too much. She's, too she's much at the crazy. top of that triangle. I think. Too much crazy on that whole line graph. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Too much crazy. Yeah. And that's me talking. You know some of the crazy I've dated. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I do. I do. Right. Let's let's talk some Marvel Speaking stuff. Of now, hot, boys. Have you seen your cousin's latest Instagram post? Uh, no. Is this going to get weird? <laughs> er, weirder. She his cousin's a girl. Podcast. Yeah, okay. I assumed so, but it's still his cousin. Mm. He's, gonna, he's not going to, like, he's going to be all, again, going to go all Trumpian and like, yeah, she's got a firm set of breasts on her. You know, like, no, we're going to, we're going to leave this one. Yep. That one, that one, that one, that one. Okay. I stand corrected. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk Marvel. I mean, come on! It's a cleavage shot. They're always going to be hot. It's Instagram. What else would there be? Plus, um, it's obvious. It's not a come picture. On. It's not a picture of food. <laughs> she, so. she has cleavage. <laughs> um, and no short supply. Not at all. <laughs> you guys want to be alone, or? <laughs> hey, you were the two that are gay for each other. All right, come on. According to his wife, I mean, yeah. yeah and we keep it off of the recording. I'm just usually kind of uh, Marvel, <laughs> Logan. Yeah, Logan, the Logan movie about that, huh? Oh. We've got, we've got. Um, it's not out yet. Oh, Otherwise, I'd have Logan. seen it. But, but critics have started seeing it. Before we go further, I have to, I have to put this out there right now. I know normally when movies come out like this, you and me are there on opening night. I got to go with the wife on this one. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. I'm just saying, she's she <laughs> actually mean, doesn't work on the second or the third. No, I get it. It's it's cool. I mean, I mean, can I join? Technically, you guys did take vows, so I um, mean, I'm not saying you couldn't show up at the same show. Uh, <laughs> oops, actually, what a coincidence! <laughs> I get to sit next to him. Yeah, um, <laughs> actually, okay. we, we're we're gonna just get that night too. So like, nice. it, it would just be a grown up thing. So I'm, I'm gonna tell you what though, like the popcorn bucket is staying in your lap, and I'm not reaching into it. Mm. more than three times yeah that, i mean not till after the show's over <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so um, logan critics really um their popcorn buckets couldn't stay in their laps based on these reviews that i'm seeing yeah 96 percent on rotten tomatoes that's pretty huge that's pretty that's huge not that's not that's not alternative huge that's tremendous. regular huge that is yeah. actually tremendous legitimately newsworthy tremendous are there any I mean, you probably won't know this off the top of your heads, but are there any comic book movies that have scored higher than that on Rotten Tomatoes? I didn't put the research in for that. Yeah, I definitely right. did not. The only guess I would possibly say, take on that is like The Dark Knight. I'm going to say I don't think so, though. 
I'm the just Dark Knight might have been high. The I'm sure the Dark Knight was high, and and if I'll just really quick while we're talking, I'll look up what uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score for the Dark Knight was. Um, but I'm going to say 96% is probably unprecedented. Yeah, and again, that's pretty not alternative. I mean, it's unprecedented. Still it's actually like a thing that hasn't happened before. There's 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 an adjustment period. I'm sure. It yeah. Adjust, so but... the other thing here, yeah, with Rotten Tomatoes is you have to understand that we're only into the very beginning of the the um, cycle for this. I think so, we have 59 re- critic reviews, and of those 59, not... there's two yeah. that are negative. That's so. that's solid. Yeah, that's super super solid. But the Rotten Tomato score tends to either drop a little when it first comes out or go up a little bit depending. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've only you know we we're we're still two weeks away from the actual release of the movie, so. Um. Yeah, there we go. The Dark Knight, ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, dude. So, so, so that's pretty high. Two percent higher than the Dark Knight. Um, that should give you Again, folks an idea of what yeah. we're dealing with. It's um, an initial thing, but but initially incredibly positive, incredibly positive. Yeah, that's entirely fair to say. And I'm incredibly excited. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a long time. We we just kept you know basically praying. If if we were praying, people, we'd be praying. Um, we out there praying. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Hallelujah. Yeah. If I can laugh and pray in ninety minutes, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say that's a win. That's, that's but a win. <laughs> we've been we've been really big, uh, hoping that this is going to be a really great movie because uh, you know, especially Hugh Jackman really deserves this. This guy's been playing Wolverine for like seventeen years now. Phenomenally or, so too. It, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some crap entries in the Wolverine franchise and his you know portrayals of them. But he gives it his all each time. Like I, was um, say, I don't think that's ever his fault. It's though. not. No, <laughs> not not at all. Um, it's just you know sometimes the scripts just don't work, or you know like in the Wolverine, for example, the last third of the movie kind of sucks balls. Um, but whatever. So Dark Knight, ninety four percent. I just happened to look up Captain America, both Winter Soldier and Civil War, and they were eighty nine and ninety percent respectively. So nice. I feel like those are the the highest. We're we're, we're kind yeah. of yeah we're kind of on top of the world with this Logan movie so far. So. Um, I think that's enough for me to say I'm probably going to walk out of the theater pretty happy about this. Maybe it's not going to be 94% in the end, but damn. I mean, if we're opening it up with 59 reviews at 94%, yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty on board for this movie. Yeah, personally, my, my standard for movies is pretty fucking low, honestly. It yeah, is. Like, I on. start to get – once you see a, a movie on Rotten Tomatoes that's like uh, 50% or below, I'm mm-hmm. like, well – And Fox's darling, uh, Deadpool, 84%. So mm-hmm. – yeah, there you go. Well, you know you're not going to win over all the critics on that. You're going to make there all the fucking Oscar money talk. in the world. You're there was make... Oscar talk like the month before the Oscars. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? I do think we're getting into a little bit of a different climate where if, if um, the movie is really good, and I think Deadpool is a good example of that. Like, Deadpool was a really well put together movie. I mean, Absolutely. certainly lots of dirty language and shit like that, but um, people don't necessarily throw it out just because of that. So. I, I think if, you, if the critics watched it and then waited six weeks and watched it again before they gave their review. I think they probably would have done a better would have been better. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, yeah. cause Deadpool is one of those movies that certainly like, and Eddie and I talked about this a couple times on the show. Like it holds up. It's well served by rewatching. Dude, I think I've, yeah, I've seen it three times and yeah. I always notice things that I didn't notice before, get jokes I didn't get before, or, you know, just didn't notice that I got maybe, maybe because it's so fucking dense, but that movie is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's good. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a good movie and it's a great Deadpool movie. Like that's yeah. the thing is is people complain about Ryan Reynolds being too Ryan Reynoldsy. No. <laughs> but I think Ryan Reynolds was I think this is the character that ultimately like he was, he was born to play Deadpool, yeah. He was yeah. cut from that cloth. 
it's like you know ryan reynolds is a pretty good actor he could put on a lot of stuff and he can he can do a lot of different roles but this is his vince vaughn role this is his i'm just gonna play myself and be perfect in this role role right so Mm -hmm. in addition to it scoring highly on rotten tomatoes there's a second piece to this article too that i didn't actually mention in the show notes at all but it's important um the runtime has been extended from the original uh reportings which means there's potential for a post credit scene. Oh yeah, because it wasn't. It didn't include credits in the runtime. That sounds amazing. Did it say what the runtime was? Uh, I am sure it does in the article. I'm probably not going to read it right now, though. Yeah, You're a bitch. Um, so post credit scene would be amazing. Even more amazing would be is if they got Mr. Ryan Reynolds himself to be in the post credit scene, and we got a little bit of Logan and Deadpool together. You never know; he might be in the in movie. a movie that doesn't suck. <laughs> Mm. yeah uh okay so let's talk the next link we got in here um this is four ways marvel and fox can reconcile via television this is gonna be fun for me because i actually put this in the show notes but didn't read it and eddie read it so yeah well i'm kind of skimming through it right now so the first way that they talk about is how they're sort of using smaller characters um that they have the rights to in the tv property so for example you got legion um, we talked about this show last week and we so far like it a lot. I haven't I, watched the second episode I haven't watched yet, it yet either, I, but I do have it DVR. Yeah, I, I need I need to. Yeah. That's probably so what you, I'm doing. Did you, you watch the first one? I've seen ads, haven't seen the show. It's it's super good. Watch it. Okay. Um, uh, just recap real quick for Bryce. Uh no spoilers. Mm. It it is legitimately mind bending enough to the to the point where by the time episode one is over, you actually still don't know like what is real and what's not. Yeah, nice. the visuals nice. the so. visuals in the movie are stunning. The acting is really, really good. Um, the way that they... Uh, the acting in the show, <laughs> excuse me, is really, really good. Um, uh, Sid Barrett is really hot. That helps. I'll yes. take that. Yeah. Um, What's it on, Fox? It's uh, FX, on actually. FX, yeah. yeah. FX. So um, that's our first link in this example is, is Legion. They took a... Um, Fox FX, you know, of course, took a character that they had the rights to um, that sort of bridges the Marvel gap a little bit and, and used them in a really compelling way, at least so far. Um, so and I think this is kind of a good idea, too. We, we've been talking about this on the show. So uh, quite a few times now, um, how they're going to go with Legion and how he's going to tie in or not tie into the rest of the X-Men and so on and so yeah, forth. We still don't know if, if they're going to use the whole like he's the son of Professor Xavier and Moira McTaggart. And, and run with that, or if, or if they're going to do something different. I hope they don't do something different, because they already have an established universe that yeah. they might as well. Well, so far, for my money, the Marvel TV shows have been fucking wins. The From what I've seen, anyway. The Marvel... Yes and no. S.H.I.E.L.D. is getting better. Ah, there's, I haven't seen that one. There's yeah. talk, though, that S.H.I.E.L.D. may not be around much longer, which is kind of sad. Um, I still I really like Shield. It's it's yeah. getting a lot better. Like once we got midway through season two, like the the tempo picked up to the point where like it was it was real fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Netflix original series are fucking out of this world. Yeah, those are the yeah. ones I've seen, and they're they're phenomenal. Uh, Legion's actually right in line so far. Well, again, and two episodes in, yeah, we've only one. seen one, and I think it's only an eight episode season. But it's it, so. it's it's a shockingly good pilot, and and right mm-hmm. in line, I think, with the other stuff that they're doing. Yeah, it is a ninety minute cool. pilot too, so make sure you got a little bit of time when you sit down for yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, the next suggestion they have is to let some of these smaller characters cross over. Um, so obviously, you've got um the characters that Fox owns that, and you know, you have your like your Wolverines and your Spider-Man's not Spider-Man. Um, but you're like Wolverine and your fantastic four and what have you. Your money shot characters. Yeah. But there's all these mm-hmm. smaller characters in the universe that they could l- allow to cross over a little bit more. And we let, tried that a little bit with Quicksilver. 
Yeah, they did, except for they didn't really. What they what they kind of did was like, oh, you're going to use tri- Quicksilver? Well, we've got the rights to Quicksilver, so fuck you, we're going to do it too. Well, um, the initial thing was there was actually talks between Fox and Marvel. Mm-hmm. And the original idea with Quicksilver was that they were actually going to be the same character played by the same actor. Yeah. Um, somewhere along the lines, though, quote-unquote, negotiations broke down. Yeah. And they decided to cast their own individual characters. Which means they both yelled at each other, yeah, called them others things. Which... Yeah, honestly, is a disservice to the people that are actually going to pay money to watch it. So, yeah. frankly, though, I love Quicksilver in both movies. They I, for different reasons. They yeah, were both well, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they were good. Oh, but anyway, you see that coming? There's a lot of other <laughs> small parts in the in the universe that they could let like, cross over a little bit more. They kind of see that with stuff like uh, you know the Netflix series. I think are a good example of that. Like they have the Night Nurse with uh, um, uh, fucking Claire, who's Rosario Dawson. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, Rosario yeah. Dawson. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so they have her crossing hey, over they through put the her series wherever they want. In yeah, any position they want. And I hope. <laughs> and and she's a small character, full body, not from the waist up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but like she's a good example like if rosario dawson showed up in legion that would be amazing um there, there's a lot of things uh that they could do with stuff like that um that, that would allow the the thing to mesh a little bit better i, I would think. concur I, I think that's probably a good idea plus my vote more rosario dawson in everything she's like All cilantro yeah. like i know some people <laughs> i like i don't know except there for, might be a small contingent of the population that think that rosario dawson tastes like soap <laughs> but the rest of us enjoy it a lot so yeah. <laughs> I would taste that any day. <laughs> Guarantee no soap. Yeah. Um, next suggestion like garlic is... Everything. Garlic. Everything needs more garlic. This is true. Mm. We just, I'm getting we, weird <laughs> visuals. Are we a cooking garlic podcast? Vibes? Or, yeah. <laughs> um, the next suggestion that this article has is to give us more like an uncanny Avengers sort of team. As in... Unity team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of Avengers, a little bit of X Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just so, throw that, mesh it all together. Some background okay. on that, just real quick. I'll I'll flesh that out a little bit. Um, s- most of you may know or may maybe don't know. Uh, a few years back, they did a Avengers versus X Men storyline where there was kind of a a full on war between the two uh, superhero teams and whatnot. Um, Uncanny Avengers was the answer to that after everything was all said and done, and it was they called called it the Avengers Unity Team. It was Steve Rogers brought them together um, it, to, to show the world that there could be X-Men and, and Avengers working together and it wasn't, like, the whole AVX thing wasn't necessarily, like, yeah. the be-all, end-all, end-of-the-line for right, they didn't any need cooperation. To build a wall. Yeah, it was, it was the cooperation team. It was the uh, UN, okay. so to speak, of... of we're going to build a wall, teams. we're going to make the X-Men pay for it. They actually did kind of... Um, uh, in the third or fourth volume in just a few years, which Marvel, fuck off. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, they included Inhumans as well on it since nice. there's tension between the Inhumans and, and the X-Men as well. Yeah, so yeah. kind of portrays the X-Men to be like prissy little bitches, but because they seem to have kerfuffles with all the other super teams out there. <laughs> Seriously. Well, but, you maybe know. Maybe they're just uh, kind of making a little play at Fox there. Mm. They they were. Um, it does definitely seem like there's a little bit <coughs> of uh, of some bridge mending uh, because coming out of uh, Inhumans versus X Men, it seems like we're getting new X books that are actually focusing on um, X Men in earnest, as opposed to just being like, "Well, we're going to publish some titles because that's what we do." But yeah. Uh, anyway, not part of the article, but just yeah. 
that that is essentially i mean the, the, those are the, the unity team the suggestions was... they have um the unity team i gotta say is probably the, the least likely one we're gonna see anytime soon mm, yeah um there's, there's a lot of shit that has to go right but you know don't get me wrong we saw avengers and or not avengers we saw um uh, I mean, spider-man and civil war so i mean the way the studios kind of are right now if they were ever to attempt like a unity team like we would get like the great lakes avengers and the morlocks yeah like that would What's really disappointing, the most disappointing of all of this uh, bullshit infighting stuff is that uh, we never got to see a Spider-Man slash uh, Logan interaction. Yeah. That's really fucked up. We got some we got some potential with Laura Kenny, though. That's true. That's going to be that's good. But but it's not, it's not the same. Yeah, you're yeah. right. All right. So let's talk some comic books, shall we? Yeah. Uh, we got a couple of bat books we read this week. Um, Batman, well, really three, because I'm a week behind on de- uh, detective comics. But we read uh, Batman, um, the proper Batwoman, Rebirth, and uh, detective comics. So you want to start with uh, Batman? Go ahead and start with detective. Refresh detective. me on that one because that's the older of the of the three issues. Okay, so this is kind of cool. It's not quite a one shot, but it's uh, really focusing on Orphan. Mm-hmm. Um, so the book opens up with Orphan uh, basically shadowing a dancer. Um, one of the ballet. things, yeah, dancer. ballet, <clears throat> and the dancer Caesar, um, because that's the thing. Orphan, you know, running around in her orphan costume, not really understanding human interaction very well at all. Um, is you know basically shadowing the dancer, and you know doesn't want to be seen and all that kind of stuff, and gets spooked when she sees her, and then it goes on to you know more of you know backstory on this character, which is cool because I don't really know anything about Orphan uh, prior to this. I don't so know a ton about Orphan. Either. I think she's kind of been retconned a couple times as well. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah it was it was it was kind of a fun uh read through cuz you get to see orphan she deals with that and then you you see her kind of through her eyes the rest of the of the bat team yeah uh, from detective um Bryce if you don't know the the most recent incarnation of detective comics since rebirth uh batman has actually formed a team mm-hmm. uh the team started with batwoman okay. and tim drake uh they were kind of the two that was red hood no, Tim Drake. Or just Tim Drake. Okay. As Robin. Red Robin. Red Robin. But yes. But Red he he was oh, he Red was Red. more in his traditional Robin attire than the Red Robin attire. Okay. Um He put her in charge of the team, so to speak, but Tim was kind of the lieutenant and he was also the tech guy yeah. who put together the their their thing. Base. That makes sense um, for Tim. Yeah. So we had um Orphan mm-hmm. and uh God, who was the other one? Spoiler. Okay. Yep. And then uh Clayface. Interesting. Batman took a chance. Interesting. Um, and when the last time Clayface has escaped, he kind of went and found him, and it was like, "Hey, I'm not here to bust you. Like, mm. you you have the potential for good. Like, you're not evil. Come you're show just, us, yeah, that you yeah. can do cool stuff." So, so for those morons who have, have never seen Orphan before, what's 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 the deal with Orphan? Because uh, Orphan was, I believe, so. Batgirl for a time. Um, okay. it was when when Barbara was still in the chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Orphan Orphan did essay the role of Batgirl for a little while, and she has kind of a Batgirl esque costume, but it's kind of stitched together. And um, her dad was an assassin and raised her uh to kill and read body language before she ever knew how to speak English. And so she's she's kind of a savant, like she's socially inept in that Completely. she doesn't really communicate well at all verbally but can tell how somebody feels about the situation or her or anything else just by watching how they move. Yeah, I think my introduction to Orphan was in this run of Detective. Um, There's this scene where 
all the bad guys are coming to take down the um they have the belfry which is you know the clock tower set up um that tim tim has built for this team and it's all super cool and the the team there's this big group of guys coming to take down the team and it's sort of like that scene in in and um whichever movie uh, uh where they're like um we've got an army oh yeah well we've got a hulk it was kind of like that like they're like uh so you guys take on those three dudes and you two can take out this, you know, small team over here and orphan, you got the rest and <laughs> she totally just wrecked shit. So, yeah. um, it's, nice. it's pretty rad. Um, yeah. so that was kind of my introduction to her as an, and that's so far up in, uh, in this book. That's pretty much all we got. She's fairly asocial, doesn't speak more than a word or two at a time. And they're usually like, yes, no sorts of things. Um, and she kicks a whole lot of ass. And then this book actually kind of does a little bit more for humanizing her and uh, giving you some idea about her motivations and, you know, why those types of things are the way that they are. So I actually really enjoyed this story. Um, I like when they do, especially when they give interesting backstories on characters like this that I'm not really all that familiar with. So uh, solid read, solid issue. Yeah, no, I I super enjoyed it. Uh, It was, um, it kind of felt like a week off for Detective, just because it was just that neat little see it did a little bit it wasn't it it didn't bother me at all like um i was thinking about this a little bit because no no i don't mean that as a bad thing i mean it was it was a good breather because it's been pretty it's been balls to the wall pretty intense just about the whole run so um you know i was thinking about it too and i wouldn't mind every now and then if they do some more stories like this because i'm not really familiar with spoiler at all either and i wouldn't mind them throwing in some spoiler stories and they actually did do a little bit like that with clayface like that uh issue a couple back where um oh with the um mud the, the first victims syndicate mm-hmm. and they gave him a little backstory too so um yeah that was pretty cool uh the next issue we're going to talk about is batman uh the batman proper title and so this, i believe this was 17 uh, yeah something like that okay. let me take a look here um this follows the i am bane this is part two of i am bane Ooh, um okay. so in the book opens up with um batman uh, um already in the fortress of solitude like uh uh kal-el you know clark shows up in the fortress and let, bruce is just standing there like he owns the place let, let's set up the backstory a little bit yeah, yeah go for it so um a few issues back we already had a Bane storyline where um, Batman actually went to Santa Prisca with a group of felons that he had made a deal with Waller to take with him, kind of his own suicide squad. Hmm. A little bit, yeah. Um, including Catwoman, hmm. uh, who at the time was in prison for killing 233 people on an airline. Meh. Um, Sounds like a Wednesday. Well, Catwoman doesn't kill, so that that was kind of one of the, the things that kind of yeah. tripped my bat sensor. Hmm. Um, that storyline ended up actually really, really, really good. Uh, better than I had originally thought. We then uh, dived immediately into a two-book series uh, between Batwoman or Batwoman between Batman and Catwoman uh, that was just a phenomenally written two-issue uh, set just about mm-hmm. those two, and um, it just to set it up for Bryce. Like she essentially was supposed to go back to prison. And she asked Batman for this one night for just them to be together. Not as Batman and Catwoman necessarily, but as Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle and whatnot. To bang is what you're trying to say. Oh, they totally did, too. They totally totally did. Oh, yeah. Um, But uh, (laughs) it ends up with Catwoman escaping, but also Batman uncovering evidence that she actually didn't kill the 233 people. Oh, nice. Um, Spoilers. (gasps) Son of a bitch. (laughs) uh, 
it sets up this story nicely because after the the events on Santa Prisca, Bane has come to Gotham looking for Batman now. Mm-hmm. Um, the previous issue was basically spent with Bruce telling uh, the other Robins, yeah, uh, Nightwing, uh, Damien, and uh, Tim Jason Todd. No, Tim Drake is no. presumably dead in Detective Comics. He's not really dead. The audience we know he's, he's not, not dead, dead but, but everybody, everybody else, else thinks, thinks he's dead. Okay. And uh, the new guy. Whose fucking name I can't remember. <laughs> Lucas. Is it Lucas? No. Batwing? Is Not Batwing. It's um the kid. I can't remember. Uh yeah. Duke. 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 Yeah, Duke, Duke, Duke. That's fucking right. is Bruce gonna stop ruining kids' lives or what? Well, that's the thing with Duke, he's trying to not make him a Robin. He wants to turn him into something else. Yeah. And so he's not doing the same things that he did with Robin and whatnot. But um he basically is telling all of them, Bane's coming, you need to be out of town. I'm not dealing with this. I'm not yeah. going to spend the whole time worrying about you guys, whatever. I got to pull out the John Paul Valley suit so I can shoot him with some fucking... It was John Paul Valley is actually in Valley. Detective as well. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, as Azrael. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He's kind of the... Not with the, his uh, fancy bat suit, though. Nope. His Azrael <laughs> suit, which, which is, is also pretty fancy. badass. Yeah. Um, but then we get... Uh, so we, that, that's where this book essentially that's, opens. That's where this, this book opens, is The Fortress of Solitude. Br- Bruce wasn't like, uh, yeah, so I need you guys to stay out, and I know you're all going to listen to me. He's like... They didn't listen. No. Nobody ever listened. And he took steps to make them listen, which is, uh, he somehow got them all unconscious, except for Duke. Uh-huh. And, uh... I just imagine, I just imagine bat roofies in his belt. No, essentially, essentially, (laughs) Superman guess it's not going to be for the sorority then tonight. (laughs) Soups shows up at his fortress, walks in. Batman's already there inside, and he's like, "Oh, uh, hey." (laughs) And Batman was like, "So here's the deal. Uh, I talked to these guys about not being here when Bane showed up. They didn't listen." So here they are in stasis tubes. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I just kind of want you to keep an eye on them. And and Clark's like, uh. Sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Why, why don't I just say, "Hey, Clark, you wanna you wanna fucking take care of Bane for me?" Because <laughs> that'd be a lot easier. Yeah, it's not Batman though. I know. Um, I know. But then the rest of this issue is essentially like different parts of Batman's life. Uh, Duke, Commissioner Gordon. Uh, who's the first one? Um. Gosh, I'm trying to think if I can remember. Catwoman. Yeah. Catwoman. Um she's got interactions. All three of these people have interactions with a couple of guys that you will actually know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There we go. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because they, it really almost seems like they're setting up a new nightfall. It's feeling a little like it because, and so new 52 and rebirth are not set in the same continuity as the original DC universe books as we know them. Well, anytime you're talking about Bane, I think you have to kind of, well, think about that. That's the thing is because Barry Allen fucked with the timeline and things never got put together quite right. Like the Superman that we have now is our Superman that we knew from like Death of and all that kind of stuff. He's oh, that shit. same Superman. Oh, shit. Because the new 52 Superman died. Okay. Only to find out that this Superman has been here since the onset of the new 52 with Lois and their kid that nobody knows they have. Dude. So like the kryptonite sperm or <laughs> the Superman sperm... Wasn't a problem for her womb. Was huh? not a problem for her womb. God damn. Did they um, have to keep her out of the sun, do you think? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so we know that there are parts of our old continuity that we have back now, but there are other parts that we don't. So we don't know that this Batman has ever been broken by the Bane. Ooh. And so the people that we have um, 
See, it's interesting because like a couple of issues back, um, he when he goes to Santa Prisca and he's he's telling Bane, he, he's essentially saying, I can't remember what he's doing, but he says, I, you know, I want this one thing. And if you don't do it, I'm going to break your goddamn back. Uh, and uh, that's, I think, kind of what happens. Like that he doesn't mm-hmm. listen. And then Batman goes and he's all badass. And yeah. Um, so what what you get, though, is you get a couple of these guys that you assume are just like two bit thugs, right? Mm-hmm. But they're very recognizable, uh, in, up to and including like the fact that you have a dude that's got a falcon that he up, sends bird? off to do stuff. Yeah, it's that, that same trog. It's trog hanging out. It's that same fucking guy. <laughs> um, which is why, like I say, it seems a lot like that's what they're going for. Well, yeah, I mean, that could be really interesting, though, that they can, they've now they've got some freedom to rehash what was a classic and fucking excellent story, and, oh, yep, yep, and it looks like the dude, too. Yeah. Fucking long blonde hair. All right. Yeah, just like the dude from the original Nightfall storyline. Yeah, I think, I think Bird. I think Bird is his name. I was going to call him the Falconer, because I don't really know, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think Bird and Trog was the fucking short, squat, strong dude. Well, I think Probably. he's a little bit bigger now, but yeah. Yeah, it looks like Logan. Thank fuck. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they're setting up here exactly. Um, I don't think that they're gonna do like, I, I don't think they're just gonna completely rehash Night, Nightfall. Um, oh no, no, it would be with twists, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I do think it's interesting the way that they're going. Like, I also think, you know, I think we, we kind of we have Bane back. Oh yeah, in his in his old school uh, lucha libre mask. Fucking love it. And he's definitely got the. Venom he, piping into he him. Is Ven- oh, that is that is one Venom thing right into the fucking back of his brain. Good lord. Yeah, it looks pretty rad. Shove it in his skull. Mm. Anyway, sorry, didn't mean to segue out of Eddie's conversation, but... Yeah, no, well, I was just going to say, I, I don't really know where, where they're going with this. I don't think they're going to do you know an exact carbon copy of Nightfall. And I do think that we've been given hints on this, that Nightfall has already happened in this universe. Like, I think that's one of the reasons that Batman's reacting the way he is with the, the, the bat family and, you know, sticking him in stasis pods with, with Bane. Yeah. yeah. With Bane is because he knows just how dangerous Bane is. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes because they're setting up a lot of cool things here too. Just these characters that I haven't, I, I literally haven't seen since nightfall. Oh yeah. No you know, with, yeah. The, with bird and, and Trog, I guess probably, I don't know. I don't remember. I haven't read nightfall in a long time. So, yeah, this is, this is my, I, you're, you're looking, relying you're looking on my I don't memory. have the trade. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've got a couple of them. <laughs> so, I was um, there when you bought one of them. I know. <laughs> yeah, the the Bat, especially since Rebirth, um, the Batman book has just been on fire. Although I will say it's one of the strongest points of the new 52 as well. So um, it, somebody at DC. But for really totally different about, reasons. Like yeah. looking at these books, like, and, and I've said this on the show before, but I think it's it's worth saying again, just because Bryce is here this time too. Like um, Scott Snyder wrote some excellent stories in the new 52 but didn't really get to cover much ground as far as like Batman villains that we all know and love. He did a couple things with the Joker, but that's, that's it in, in terms and the Riddler, I guess he did do the Riddler in zero year, but yeah. Um, and even then that was kind of a smaller story. Well, I mean, zero year was Riddler. a pretty big story, but it wasn't. Yeah. The Riddler part didn't seem like a gigantic part of that though. It was all Riddler. I mean, it was all Riddler's machinations and stuff like that, but it, it um, did. It centered a lot around Gordon though. The, the yeah. whole zero year thing did. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but that's all we saw from from Snyder, and now he's doing All Star Batman, where he's he's already done uh, Two Face and uh, 
uh, Freeze, Mr. Freeze, and then uh, this most recent one was Poison Ivy, and it was a really good fucking book as well. But uh, now yeah. we have, uh, was it Tom King? think that's i right. think it's his last name is king i think it's tom mm-hmm. um and man he came out of the gates with rebirth and was just like look we can tell stories with batman's classic rogues gallery and they can be good and i'll fucking show you yeah nice and mm. they're good like it's <laughs> i've not read an issue of this book that i've been like meh even yeah. even the first one with the uh, gotham and gotham girl that i just wasn't 100 percent sold on as characters the story was still told really well to the point where I was, I was by the time that arc was over, I was like, yeah, I'm fully invested in this. Yeah. Which is good because that's still actually something that's ongoing in the book right now. And that's one of the actual, you know, big things about this issue uh, um, as well, uh, which we completely glossed over. We, and did. we don't really need to go over too much, but um, you know, they're still running that and it's still working out pretty well so far. So, all right, enough Batman. Let's talk uh Batwoman. Yeah. Um, this was kind of retelling of Batwoman, not so specifically, I guess, kind of her origin, a little bit. It was kind of flashbacks. It was told through flashbacks. Yeah. Um, I guess most importantly, you kind of see her grow up as uh, a twin uh, with her parents. Uh, her mom and the twins get kidnapped. And then in the next scene, you see mom get killed as well as one of the twins. You don't necessarily see the other twin get killed, but you see her lying prone on the floor and being covered up and dragged out of the room. Yeah. Um. Then you see her go on to the military, where she's then unceremoniously booted for being a lesbian. Yeah. Um, all this, and she's Bruce Wayne's cousin. Yeah. Which they don't necessarily say in this story, but like you know this from previous books and whatnot. So there's something genetic. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, and, uh, and then you see her uh, kind of start training to be a vigilante. Um, part of how she does that is she follows Batman. Like she, once she finds out where he's at, she tries to follow him um, through town. She, in a, in a previous issue, you've seen this before in a, in kind of a flashback where she's learning to, to hone her abilities. She follows him only so far because he always manages to elude her at some point. But uh, it's, I don't know. This book was, was kind of interesting for me because I didn't enjoy the Batwoman uh, book from New 52 much at all. I don't know if you read much of it, but... I, I didn't read it at I only all. got a couple issues into it, but it just... I don't want to say it was heavy-handed in the terms of, like... But I will. It was heavy-handed in the whole fact that she was a lesbian. Like, that was a really, really central point hmm. in that book. And I just don't feel like she's the character that is is done any justice by doing that because the character that I'm that I'm reading now that I really enjoy I already know that about her and it doesn't have to be the focal point there's a couple right. stories within this within this book that actually kind of centralize on that but I didn't feel like it was as ham-fisted as it was in the original book. Well, like, I mean, the, the book opens practically, I mean, within the first few pages of, you know, her getting booted from the military because she's a lesbian. So we've established that about her character. But I, I just think if that's your only, if the only, if the way you define an entire character in, in this sort of story is by their sexuality, you got a weak character. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that the way that they're doing this is a little bit stronger. Yeah. Like the whole point, honestly, if if you want to push lesbian rights and, and things like that you want to make it so that it's normalized 
Like that's, not not that this is the only thing that's about. cool yeah. about this yeah. character. Make it this character's normal and they're a cool character. And they happen to be a lesbian. Well, whatever. That's, that's that's exactly what they're doing in Detective. And that's that's the sum total of what I know about this is based on the two issues of Batwoman that I read that I didn't care for mm-hmm. uh, from New 52. And then she's been a very central point in um, or part of, of the Detective Comics storyline. Yeah. Like her character is super fleshed out in Detective Comics. Like you don't need to have read anything that she's been in before Detective to really know who she is as a character. And yeah. Um. And and I think that they're they're doing it right with that. Um, the other piece of this too, um, with this rebirth one, is that you actually get some idea that she's got um, she she's got an emotional connection with uh, Renee Montoya, who's been a central character, not central necessarily, but a character That's in the Batman hitted. universe for a long time. It's been hinted she's been a lesbian multiple times. Yeah, Gotham has done it mm-hmm. absolutely, uh, but lots of other things. Um, you also get the uh, y'all. It also leaves the book leaves you. Um, knowing that you're going to see interaction between those two in later issues as well. Interaction, yep. quote unquote. <laughs> I don't Probably not book, more but... than a pinky. Uh, well, but, you know, I mean, two in the pink. It's going to be. Off, it, I think it's going to be probably off panel or off screener. However, yeah. Uh, also, you see a wait, uh, wait. a shot of her leading the Bat Commandos that have One. been uh, trying to uh, Ed- bring Eddie, down the Batman. Eddie, that wasn't anarchy, was it? Where uh flip flip back a couple pages at the end. One more. That no nope. That's actually what I'm talking about right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Those Let's are those it. are bat commandos. Um we actually get introduced to them in the very first issue of Detective Comics. Oh, okay. Uh, from Rebirth. Um they are led by her dad. Yeah. Who knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Okay. Um and he's got these guys trained. This is I wanna liken it to the Arkham Knight from the Arkham Knight video game. Only it's a whole team of them. Hmm. Cool. Uh, and uh, I don't think that's her. I think we're going to find out her twin is not dead. That's what I was just going to say. It, it, it does say rather ambiguously Commander Kane. And this this chick is sporting an outfit that, that does not exactly inspire, you know, good bat feels. Uh, so I, I think we're probably looking at, uh, um, yeah, probably the twin. It kind of reminds me of She-Ra's outfit when she was a... Uh, when she was brought up believing that she was a servant of Hordak in yeah. the uh, one of the more recent He-Man uh, DC stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- th- we get this last panel. In the was next- He-Man part of the New 52? <laughs> no, it was uh, not a New 52 book. Okay. <laughs> it was during that time, but it was not a New 52 quote-unquote title. Gotcha. Anyway, um, Batwoman, surprisingly, because I, I don't think this has ever been this way for me, has been one of the shining spots of the New 52, or not New 52, of Rebirth. Um, and I really like the Rebirth book on this, too. So um, I'm looking forward to this being a regular title. I hope I hope that they do this book as well as they're doing um, the other Bat books and, and uh, DC Detective Comics, especially. Yeah. Um, this is I'm going to definitely pick this one up. Um, I dropped a whole bunch of books. Uh, I'm not reading either one of the Batgirl books anymore. Um, they just... They weren't. I finished both major arcs that they started with, but they they neither book was necessarily um, begging me to come back the next month. Not no. shitty. They're not shitty, <laughs> but they're not great. You know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah. I read a lot of comic books already, so for me, it's like if it's not one of those ones that, like, if I get to that book, and I'm just like, man, I hope I I can't wait till I finish this one so I can get to the next ones that I want to read. 
Yeah, I'm kind of done with it. Kind of the way that was for me too. Like if if I, you know, when a new issue comes out and I'm not immediately like, oh, I need to dive back into that story, then then that's kind of the books that I've dropped as well. And and surprisingly, um, not reading Batgirl either. Yeah. Um. So I dropped those. I dropped Nightwing as well. Not because Nightwing's a terrible book. It's just, um, I'm reading Titans. I like and, Titans a whole lot better. And I'm getting what I need from Nightwing out of Titans. Mm. Yeah. And the like, he did this whole they did this whole arc where he's he's moved to Bloodhaven. Right, right. And uh, I can't necessarily invest myself in that story when the Titans already have him moving to Manhattan with the rest of the Titans. <laughs> you gotcha. You know what I mean? Right. And, it seems like something completely separate, even though it's the same character. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I really enjoy the Titans book to the point where I'm just like, I don't want this clouding anything that's going on with this particular <laughs> With the book. Titans. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, so there's another new book out this week too that I haven't read, which was uh, Super Sons. I haven't read Super Sons yet either. But uh, we both talked about reading that, I think, and that's as far as we got. I'm, I'm going to read it. It's I'm I'm a few issues away from it, but uh, Super Sons uh, for Bryce's benefit is a uh, comic book that's kind of a continuation from the Superman story arc that they just did, where um, Damian Wayne and uh, John, Superman's son, Superboy. Superboy mm. were kind of put together in in a situation where they they had to work together to oh, John, what pass a, very... a test from their parents, and uh, Damien is not a team player, <laughs> and John is super inexperienced. So yeah. um, his powers don't even work all the time. Like that's the thing about John is like he can fall down and skin his knee one minute, and the next second he's totally invulnerable. And yeah, like that's one of the things that Clark's trying to figure out is like what's going on with the fact that he's half human, half Kryptonian, right? And that's. And his he, name's John, which is the lamest name ever. Named after his pa, man. Nah, nah. Come on. Call him Pa. Why'd you say that name? Oh. <laughs> say that name, Martha. Why'd you say it? Anyway. You named me that dad, you're a jackass. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, but I haven't read it yet, so but it is it, it definitely seems like it's kind of a continuation from that whole thing. So we'll we'll check it out. Yeah. Interesting. Uh last yeah. book we're gonna talk about this week is Jessica Jones. Uh I actually don't want to go too in depth on this because uh part of the fun of reading this book <coughs> for me was it's not what I was expecting. So, for example, if your primary exposure to Jessica Jones is the Netflix Marvel series, yep. you will be at home in the first couple of issues of the book, and then it's going to toss you a little bit for a loop. Yeah. Um, I'll have to get into that. I yeah. enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I started reading it when it first came out. The first issue, I was like, I don't understand what this is necessarily. And neither did I. I was like, okay. And the second issue came out, and I was like, all right, so I mean, maybe this this is okay. This isn't bad. And then the third issue came out, and it's like, oh... And now, you know, two more issues in, and it's getting really good. You, so. you start learning some things, mm. and I don't think I have... Do you have the most recent issue? Yeah, five. Um, Who's who's um writing that one? I think it is, it's not a Bendis one, is it? Uh, Bendis, I think, is the primary writer. I don't know if is it's he? on five, but... um, Well, it's yeah. the same work, so I imagine it's probably yeah. him. Bendis... Uh, okay. Is it, that guy's name is Gatos. Yeah, no, I, 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 do, I did know it was a Bendis book, because... It doesn't seem like a typical Bendis book. Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Like, I was reading this and I was like, "This isn't all Bendisy. That's weird." Yeah, there's not like a social message that is. There is being some conveyed, subtle not... social social message in there. Like, there's this one point where um, tremendous Jessica's talking to a certain character and she's like, uh, "So you worked over this, you know, this person you thought was the, uh, a terrorist, and it turns out they became a terrorist after you did that." Yeah, uh, yeah, and that that was not 
like he might as well looked at the camera and been like, "See Trump, we yeah. treat everybody like terrorists." It actually pisses some of them off. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, there there was there was that, but I mean, the overall story arc isn't like one like large social justice message. No, 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 no. De- um, definitely. Like like I said, this 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 was very Bendis light. Like if you're not normally a fan of of Bendis, um, this isn't necessarily a bad book to jump on. It's a diet Bendis now with zero calories. Yeah, kind of, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, and then who's writing Champions right now? Do you know who's writing Champions? I don't know. I still haven't read Champions. Um, but you it's right the first issue. It's right here, so I can go ahead and tell you. Um, Champions. That's Wade Ramis. Uh, Mark Wade. Mark Wade's yeah. writing Champions. Elizabeth Mark- Delgado. Mark Wade has taken a page out of Bendis's normal book with Champions, and it is social causes, right and left. Yeah. Um, I don't not enjoy the book. I assume more left than right. <laughs> I don't think they get to the point where at the end they're like, now we need to go kill all the black people. You know? <laughs> no, they save that for things like Spawn. Yeah. But uh, now for Final Jeopardy, lives that matter. Yeah. <laughs> Good one, Master Doug. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Mark Wade is kind of uh, really taken uh, a. He's definitely uh, not pro exclusion. <laughs> <laughs> uh that's been a very apparent in the last like two or three issues of, of champions champions is fun champions is a book um that is kamala khan aka miss marvel uh miles morales spider-man uh the totally awesome hulk which i can't remember his name right off the bat but he's an asian kid cho cho amadeus amadeus cho yes amadeus cho not edward Norton. No. no um who else is it uh the vision's daughter viv and I feel like I'm leaving some Cyclops, young Cyclops. Yep, Scott. Uh, what a pussy! It's basically a bunch of teenagers <laughs> who got caught up in the whole in the last Civil War. Yeah, that are just like, fuck these guys and their yeah. agendas. Like, let's just go do what we need to do because it's the right thing to do, not because there's political machinations involved. Right. Yeah. And, that's all and whatnot. And so it's it's kind of a fun book, but it does get a little bit uh, socially conscious. Yeah. So, if that's not what you're into in a comic book, maybe maybe skip this one. But if you like a fun team up book, it's fun. Yeah. So, cool. All right, let's get to finish off the comic book section, and let's. let's... Uh, I, I vote. I vote whiskey before we move on. <laughs> okay. Anybody? Anybody? We'll be back. Um, slurring our whiskey speech. and which Girl Scout cookie goes best with whiskey? <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to piss first. Oh. Same. I mean, I, I know you like to drink Crown, but I've never fucking drank whiskey with you, so, uh... Mm. Yep, it's gonna be Samoa's. Samoa's are good. We're gonna... Do they still call them Samoa's? I thought they changed the name. No, 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 no. These are, these uh, are legitimately legit Samoa's. Samoa's, nice. yeah, yeah. Nice.
I'll probably sleep on the floor anyway, so <laughs> I'll probably sleep on the couch, so <laughs> my kids are all on my bed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck, sleep in Emmy's bed. <laughs> eh, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna not eat one of those. We had two boxes of these, Casey ate a box and a half of them, so. <laughs> They're amazing. But yeah, this box is going to be gone. I, mm. I fully expect. So I hope no one imagines that I'm hoping to save any of these. <laughs> these are these are uh, ill-gotten Girl Scout cookies thus far. Like, mm. they've not been paid for. Not yet. <laughs> I'll go over there tomorrow. I'll be like, there are only three boxes in that bag. I'm only paying for three. <laughs> you can just drive right past Amy's house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And be like, fuck the Girl Scouts. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I'm reminded of this thing I just saw the other day. It said, uh, just like my grandpa used to tell me, um, liquor before beer, you're in the clear. Um, beer before liquor. And stop being such a little pussy, you're going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Beer, beer before liquor, and then they're like, "Hey, that's rape." What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely not socially okay. Beer before <laughs> liquor, the whole never been sicker thing. Like, I think that only applies if you're 17. Mm-hmm. And that's only because you probably guzzled like three gallons of shitty beer before you. Yeah, you're because you're drinking Coors Light and bottom shelf. Bottle whiskey. Yeah. Oh my god, HRD. Yeah, Monarch. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Weed before beer, and you're fucked up, is what you are. <laughs> <laughs> Which is deliciously so. Mm. Um, you got to be careful doing that because uh, the 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 weed actually does uh, suppress your uh, gag reflexes mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, really? Yeah, it does, and it, it and it can actually um, cause your body not to react to alcohol poisoning. So if you do drink mm. too much, like you could legitimately die because you won't actually vomit it out. I would never, ever drink too much and smoke at it all. Is, it is the only way that weed could ever possibly have anything to do mm. with killing you, is just the fact that if you also uh, drink beer like a Dude, fucking drunk. You like, give me two drinks when I'm stoned, and I'm fucking happy as shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, it's like a com- comet combine and magnify. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I have actually been so stoned that I've um, felt sick before. Yeah, edibles. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. You're mm. you're only supposed to eat one leg off the gummy bear. <laughs> Joe Rogan said so. <laughs> El Diablo. It's a fucking good show, though, right? God damn it, that it was, was fucking funny. That was a really good fucking special. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm going to see him on 420. Why are they selling? Or, did you get tickets? I got tickets. You fucking asshole. Yeah, me and, and two of my friends. Yeah. The first show or the second? Second show. Yeah. God damn it. Oh, dude. I'm pissed off. <laughs> I'm pissed off right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be one of those nights where I'm just going to like, okay, I have to figure out how to not get too high on 420 <laughs> at Joe Rogan. So, so Joe Rogan does this thing now where like on 420, like he's only going to schedule dates for shows on 420 in states that have legal recreational weed. Well done. So sir. next year he's going back to California because they just legalized recreationally. Mm-hmm. So he's gonna he's gonna do one there. But this year four twenty is in Portland. Oh nice. Yes. Oh nice. yes. <laughs> so they, I, I mean, mean goddamn it. I just <laughs> I imagine that like really the, the guys working in the concessions, like the guys who own the concession stands at those things, are like, fuck, my kids are going to college finally. <laughs> you know, like it's <laughs> it's also worth mentioning too that uh Portland Wizard World Comic Con is going on as we speak. And True. JMU's has already posted multiple photos of himself just wandering the floor, taking pictures with people. Yeah, God damn. Next year um, we're going, dude. We can't not go next year. Yeah. Man. We have a year to make some stickers or some shit dude, to hand out at My friend said people. Sunday tickets were 40 bucks. They were 25 Okay. If you okay. bought them, I, okay. he's, they're, they're probably sold out at this point, and that's yeah. probably the, the, the fucking StubHub price for... Whatever. I'm say, that's like fucking Emerald City prices. That's ridiculous. Like, I'm pissed mm-hmm. off because, well, if we'd have gone last night, mm-hmm. for me and Eddie, AJ Styles was there. Yeah. I did see that, and I was like, because we the wife and I were looking at it, and I, I was like, oh, I could go see AJ. And she's like, who the fuck is that? And I was like, he's a wrestler. He she's sings like, for One Direction? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's the hidden eighth member of the back uh, of the Backstreet Boys or something like yeah. that. She'd be like, "Oh yeah, okay, I remember that." Um, like tonight, Becky Lynch was there, and like 
if I was the kind of person that had that money, like that kind of money, like I would have bought like Natalie, uh, dude, the, yeah. the meet and greet for 120 bucks mm. because Becky Lynch is her favorite, like one of her favorite wrestlers. I would have bought me the meet and greet for Be- Becky Lynch, dude. Yeah, <laughs> she's super hot and you know Irish. Yeah, oh. like oh. like from. Huh. Why well, you gotta tell me these things? Like from Belfast, like so when she talks, it's like I prefer to not know this because you, you have to. Then I not you have to really try and concentrate on what she's saying sometimes because she's so Irish. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, is she redhead? Yeah. Well, not naturally, but yes, but bright no, fucking for orange, the show. Yeah. but bright yeah. fucking orange. Um. Oh yeah, did you catch my? All right, so we're back. Let's talk about uh, Lando and how he just can't wait to be king. I think we have to have a disclaimer right now. Okay, go ahead. So we're not out of beer. We're not, but. For some reason, Bryce has decided that we need to drink whiskey. Yep. Um, normally, when we drink whiskey, is and we, and I mean, me and Eddie, like, the, I think the only ever time we've done the show with whiskey is when we've been too broke to have beer, and I just had a whiskey bottle of whiskey hand. on yeah. hand. Um, it was fine work we did. Fine work. So, this will be interesting. Yeah. Because we still got a little bit of show left. I'm excited. Not, not, uh, also, to, not to go unmentioned, um, that sound you hear in the background, well, as it turns out, Bryce bought uh, Girl Scout cookies <laughs> right before we started recording, and, uh, you know, whiskey and Samoas apparently are, are the way to go. They match. Yeah. Crown Royal, Samoas. Crown and Samoas go together. Mm-hmm. They're not a bad combo. White on rice. Yes. We're, we're classy over here. Um, so, anyway, let's talk Let's talk about how Lando can't wait to be king. So, we're going from whiskey to malt liquor. Go. Yeah. Hey, Chewbacca. How you doing, Chewbacca? Uh, this isn't that Lando, though. No. No, this is Donald Glover. So um, we talked about this on the show before, but Donald Glover has been cast in the part of young Lando Calrissian. And also Simba in the remake that uh, Johnny Favs, John Favreau, is is doing uh, for The Lion King. And Didn't we just talk about last week how we don't have to have live action movies of all the Disney See, so now what I don't know is if this is even live action, because I think he's cast as the voice of young Simba. But it's going to be CGI or some shit. I think like, what's so. What's wrong with The Lion King? Nothing. I, no, there's nothing wrong with no, The Lion King. It's a near perfect movie. movie. That's it's a perfect the thing. fucking movie. They just need to leave it alone. Um, especially because it's basically like Hamlet in the jungle. I love yeah. Donald Glover, but yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Everybody involved in this is pretty talented so far. Yeah, like, I mean, John, John Favreau. Seriously, kids that were kids in the 90s that got into high school that then learned Hamlet were like, wait, this is The Lion King. Yeah, because basically. it is it is a really good interpretation of that. Minus the Simba, I don't think ever wanted to fuck his mom. But I, I no, well, I didn't see that version of the Lion King. Maybe that's maybe that's why they're remaking it. They're like, oh, you know what's missing from the first one? We need to put Simba doesn't want to fuck his mom. Mm-mm. True, maybe right. maybe. But I just don't know. Come on, Disney, like you're better than that. Don't don't remake everything you've already done. They're not better than that, though. They should be, though. They should be. They're this not. one just seems like a little weird to choose to remake. Like this movie isn't really old enough to be remade. I think like it's one thing if they're like we're gonna re, you know, we're gonna bring Cinderella to a new audience or some shit like that. It's like okay, well, I mean that movie came out in like the '40s or something, so whatever. Those okay, movies, yeah, I can 50s. totally get okay, on board. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna make y'all feel old. Uh, the Lion King is now considered a classic. I mean, it came out in like 1995, yeah. which, as we all know, more is... More than 20 years. Yeah, 20... It's now considered a classic, years. so I, I think that gives them free reign to just remake it or reinterpret when, it. When did the Lion King come out? It. 1995. I, I Maybe 94, but 94, I'm pretty positive it's yeah. 94, 95. Are you sure? Pretty sure. 97% sure. You're positive about that. I'm, I'm 97%. I'm 94, 95% sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> anywhere on, on an average scale between 94 and 95 yes yeah 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 you 94 brother i was two years away from graduating uh-huh wow uh-huh. when that movie came out wow and it's a classic huh did you go see it in theaters i no i actually didn't watch it until really? way later really well, i mean dude i was 16 what the fuck was that say? about the lion king <laughs> hey i saw titanic when i was a freshman when, when like i went in our, I, I, we saw it on like a fifth grade <laughs> field trip or some shit like that or the second or third time i saw it was on okay. like a fifth grade field trip or something like okay that. 16 didn't go on a lot of field trips was stoned and not in school a lot all right oh, man, man and <laughs> now we still go and you're just lion like king. Meh. i know yeah <laughs> all right so yeah this is weird um lando's gonna be the voice of the lion king i think that from a casting standpoint i think that actually works pretty well like i mm. I, I like him for that part it works pretty well he does but good it, voice work he, on, on the other I hand mean, i'm just kind of like mm. why why does this project exist yeah that's the like in the words of uh ralph garman no thanks we've already got one <laughs> on a side note though did you see that him and fucking Billy D. Williams got lunch and shit, and they took yeah. pictures and put them on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did see that. I assume you talked about it on the show before. But... No, because I think that happened in the oh. week since we recorded. I think. Oh, I think it, was, it did. It, it yeah. fell in the cracks. Yeah, no, I just ooh. The the, the problem with only doing the show once a week is sometimes things get missed. Mm. Yeah, they do. <laughs> no, um, it's okay. We are super diligent about adding things to the show notes as we go on throughout the week, and we do stay up to date on every piece of nerd news. But somehow, um, this one got missed. Mm, yeah. Or we add most of the show notes, and by we, I mean Matt. No, 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 uh, no, no, no. Like it's not, it's not being starts. missed. It's actually was, being it was totally right now. the fuck now. It yeah, was okay. not an hour. Mm-hmm. I added a lot of these like six hours ago easily. Okay, so let's talk about that then. Uh, uh, Lando and Lando hung out, apparently. Perfect. Yeah. And Had lunch. that's the thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Billy so, D was like, all right, what you got to do is you got to start selling Colt 45 malt liquor. <laughs> <laughs> I think he did. That's probably exactly the way that went. Hey, Honestly, those were some of the Colt 45. Here's the deal, man. If I'd have been of legal drinking age, yeah. and Lando Calrissian was like, no, this is what you need to drink right now, I'd have fucking drank it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no question. And I honestly, made a beer called Lando. Here's, here's we the made thing. a beer like, called Lando. As a young person drinking beer. I drank mm-hmm. a beer called Lando. You get, you get, you get like beer beer that's kind of bitter, right? Malt liquor? Not bitter like that. Like, no. you drink Schlitz malt liquor all day long. And well, I mean, that's bitter. the whole design for Schlitz, I think, is it's to not, drink it all day long. It's not not bitter at all. One of those things. Do you need a minute? Uh, I'm just trying to watch this monkey hump a football right now. <laughs> I'm just trying to lean over speaking, and elbow Speaking things. of, of yeah. a monkey humping a football, Bryce went to Arizona for the last five weeks or so he's only been back for a few weeks now this is an yeah. interesting segue yeah. he yeah. was he was gone Love for a it. while but one of the one of the first nights he was there um i have to football he posted a, a video <laughs> of him and his buddy <laughs> where he was staying they were trying to open a bottle of wine without a corkscrew did yeah. you try to do the reddit shoe thing no i tried the shoe thing first didn't do shit they didn't get no. the first Before we started recording on yeah. on video yeah. the, the second attempt which i think they actually Un- uncorked it with so, didn't work but no, no, no. okay we we, we we decided to start recording about the time we decided to use an actual screw as a corkscrew <laughs> crazy how that works like a, like or, just or, or how work. that completely tears up the fucking <laughs> it the was cork. it was amazing and painful at the same time i was like no just no just just do <laughs> no guy, just you can't so push on fun. it. So the last kind of video is where you you feel like you need to yell at them. Like if you're yelling it's at the video, you literally know, the, the best succeeded. reason anyone has ever gone Facebook Live ever. Yeah, probably. I mean, so far I don't think that I've. But ever they were seen making a amazing video where I've been, food at I've been the same like, time. I need to watch mm-hmm. that. 
I'll make that fucking stew for you later. So yeah, they were making a stew delicious. at the same time. Like you got to mm-hmm. see the stew simmering in the background, and it looked it looked yeah, good. Well, we but... needed the wine for the stew was the whole point. Gotcha. And, uh, so so essentially, uh, to to spoil it for you, in the end, like the the uh, the screw broke apart the cork quite a bit, but once the cork was smaller, the shoe against the wall method worked that pretty works. well. Okay. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it took us about, you know, eight minutes worth of video to figure that out. (laughs) It really, um, I mean, if I'm going to quote any line from the movie Dodgeball, Mm -hmm. a couple of retards trying to hump a doorknob. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, it was great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, And we hadn't even started drinking wine, surprisingly. There goes our autistic listener. God damn it. Oh, motherfucker. Yes. I feel like this is where you make a joke about your brother. Like, that's what I would do. No. All right. My brother's on. My brother's a smart guy. That's the problem. I can't really make fun of him for anything. You asshole not being a good punchline of a joke. And he builds AR-15s for a living. Oh, so, so. he can shoot you if you want to? Uh, yeah. No, but I want the discount at some point. Okay, so. deal. <laughs> um, okay, so this one, near and dear to my heart. Uh, Maynard uh, James Keenan uh, of Tool, A Perfect Circle, and now oh. Pussifer, ha- ha- has apparently begun vocal work on a new album. Which is tool album. New tool, new tool album. New tool album. Yes. So, for you guys that are not tool fans, um, there. Fuck you. Yeah, basically. Basically, yeah. I mean, it's... uh, Tool has only produced a very, very small number of records for the amount of time that they've been active as a band. Um, they have a huge following for the amount of records they actually have because they're amazing. Massive, massive. Um, they have not released a record since two thousand six. How, how many actual studio albums do they have? Like four. Uh, five, I five, five, I believe. So there's you got, you got uh, oh, you opiate got, was first. Yeah, you got opiate, undertow, anima, anima, uh, lateralis, lateralis, ten thousand days. days. So 10, we're days. five. Lateralis, I think, is probably my favorite. That's beginning, and lateralis is the best. So that's the good. <laughs> according, uh, according to the article, he has begun vocals on their fifth studio album. So they have four. Opiate, opiate maybe not. It's I think it's an EP. Canon. Okay, <laughs> I'm pretty sure opiate's an EP. Um, so because there's only like. Or th- there's there's four I think studio tracks on there and there's a couple of lives yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, live live tracks of course they did when I went to see Tool uh, I think in the Lateralis tour they played um, what's that fucking song called that's at the end of the record that I can't remember um, it's the good one too oh, shit I'll look Silver? It uh no that's on oh that's on undertow. no that's undertow um I I just can't think of the name and it's really killing mm. me because it's such a stupid thing that I yeah. remember right um I don't listen to tool songs by song name like because really the records just (laughs) okay they they flow so well speaking of two retards humping a doorknob um it's called opiate (laughs) 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 Um, yeah Yeah. so beautiful they played that they played that when i went and saw them um and this is you know back for the tour for lateralis so we're probably talking 2002 ish 2003 ish Mm. uh and it was fucking phenomenal um i also saw them for the 10,000 days tour which was a lot of fun too but here's the thing guys 10,000 days was 10 years ago 11 years ago 2006 we haven't gotten a new tool record in that entire time um so yeah, the fact that there's rumors that he's recording this thing means they're pretty far along the process because I think the way that the uh, tool recordings go is generally speaking, um, the, the the three instrumental boys go in, lay down some dope shit, and then Maynard comes in and is like, uh, yeah, this makes me feel this way, or you know, that seems about like that a thing. really bass backwards way of recording a record too. Like it's it's so well, different. It sort of depends. About tool though, like just they're, no, I, I get yeah, it, I yeah. get it. Like it makes and, sense for them and. 
so here's the deal. I'm not going to go out and suck Maynard's dick. I'm not. I, I, I love Tool. I mean, I think, if you asked me to. I think they make great records. Just kidding. And, and as far as, you're listening. like, I don't <laughs> think there's a prog rock band out there that doesn't owe something to Tool. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. At this but point, it just seems like a not. really weird way to go about doing things. And it works. I mean, for them, it works. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if another band went out and tried to do it the same way, it wouldn't work necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pearl Jam no, did it, though. Their their process works the way it does. That's how they got Eddie Vedder. That's all we need, really. Yeah. Um, With the music? Yeah, they, they yeah. sent Eddie Vedder tapes before he ever actually came up and, and joined the band. They sent tapes down to him, and mm-hmm. he recorded vocals over top of him and sent them back. And then they were like, nice. you know, I think you're you're the guy. Yeah. Um, they were not wrong. <clears throat> he's got... He, there's a, a a Blu-ray over on that shelf called Pearl Jam 20 that yeah. anybody who hasn't seen it should definitely go watch it because it's amazing, uh, even though we're not talking about Pearl Jam right now. I've watched part of that with you before. That was a good segue, so yeah. just a recommendation. So, anyway, the never going to do say, that. They, they, um, no, no, well, sort of. I mean, they, they've done other things, like the Salival box set is sort of the yeah. unofficial sixth, fifth, whatever record, because... Yeah. Um, there's a lot of interesting stuff on that box set too. Like uh, they did one of my favorite versions of No Quarter ever, as in Led Zeppelin's No Quarter, yeah. and the other one they did another version of uh, Push It, which is um, Salt and Salt Pepper. No, <laughs> good guess, guys. Good guess. Uh, tool covering what? Salt and Pepper. Push It. That's what they did. Push It real good. Um, you know, Maynard would probably do that. I don't know if the rest of the band would though. Yeah, he's the uh, second vocalist, yeah. But uh, the the um, the the song I'm talking about is actually off the Anima record, and um, th- so they did a version on that, and they did like a 13 minute version that's a little bit different on uh, not a little, it's it's almost completely different on on Salival, which is really really good. Mm. So anyway, short story. Um, it's kind of monumental for those of you who are Tool fans, which, like, at this point, Tool is almost a cult unto itself. Um, if you're a Tool fan, you're probably hardcore into lots of bullshit, and you've, like me, probably spent an inordinate amount of time on the internet, especially once the internet really became a thing, like, looking up lyrics and looking up, you know, what possible meanings to this lyric there was, because mm. there's a lot of deep deep cuts in the in the uh, 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 Tool lyricism. Um, but if so, you're not a Tool fan, turn off this fucking podcast and go do that. Yeah, well, and if, I mean, you could finish listening to the podcast, but no. but but definitely grabbing. I'm gonna say here's the deal. Even though Lateralus is my favorite record, I'm gonna say Undertow is the first one you should grab, mm, and no, then after that, one. after that, you can you can listen to Lateralus or or whatever. But because uh, and and I only say that because for me, Undertow was my introduction. Well, Undertow. Mm-hmm is the closest to mainstream i think you're gonna get it's what you can um, ease yourself yes. into tool with i mean they, they still push them five or six yeah. minute songs that's where sober comes from obviously prison sex is is the other big uh uh, uh song i think off of that album that most people might have heard at least um i found some kind of temporary sanity yeah that yep. one mm-hmm. um so the the undertow record is probably feel free. a little bit more accessible <laughs> but uh Usually when you have these fights, as far as which tool record's the best, it's going to be between yeah. Anima and Lateralis, and those people who say Anima are, are, are playing the right game, at least, but um, it's Lateralis. It is Lateralis. Lateralis sure. is like Agreed. the magnum yeah. opus of, of the band. So. Lateralis, Anima, Undertow, 10,000 Days, and then Opiate. Opiate's good, but it's so raw that it's... Opiate Opiate is just a step above a demo record. Yeah, like, I mean, it is, it is pretty it much is a essentially demo a demo record. And, yeah. and feel free... It's not bad. There's, there's some you... good stuff on there, but... If you're living in Washington D.C. or California or Oregon or Washington or Alaska or Colorado, 
get fucking blazed as fuck before you do that. Oh yeah, you totally get ripped. Yeah. Using the tool. <laughs> it's I mean, that's the probably best. the best way to do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. All right, for the final act of the podcast, let's talk. Wait. Let's not. Some interruption. <laughs> this is, Let's this not. Is, this is actually becoming like a trend on the show. I, I segue into a thing and you go, no, we're going to talk about we're, this we're, shit. Now. We're talking music. Okay. Let's um, talk music. And I think it's yeah. fair that yeah. I mentioned that uh, the wife actually surprised the entire family last oh, night. This is fair. Um, with the fact that we actually have tickets to go see Tom Petty at Safeco Field uh, in August this year. Yeah. So um, now I'm super excited. The kids are excited. I feel it. It's necessary to mention at this point, though, that the only one of my kids that hasn't seen Tom Petty live, though, is Natalie, and mm-hmm. she's four. Mm-hmm. That's she'll be she'll be five by the time uh, we go. But uh, <laughs> that's what we call parenting done right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, this will be my fifth time. Uh, it'll be my wife's eighth time, I believe, seeing Tom Petty. I mean, they beat the shit out of those kids, but they all seen Tom Petty. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> just you know, kidding. just kidding. <laughs> Within an inch of their lives. No. Yeah. Um. No. Everybody's super excited about it. Um. This will be my first uh stadium show. <laughs> <laughs> um. Because it is at Safeco Field. It's a large, large place. It is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. For those of you who don't follow sports, that's where the Mariners play. Yeah. So I've seen Tom Petty. Maybe it's my fourth. I don't remember. I can't. I, I can't remember. I, if I've, I've seen, seen them, them once, and it was with you. So that's all I can. Verify. I can't remember if I've seen them at at the Gorge, two times or three times. Tom Petty at the Gorge, I bet was a lot of fun. It's it, it is a lot. The of Gorge fun. is like really one of my favorite venues ever. It's, like if you guys have ever seen a Red Rocks DVD, there's a lot of bands that have uh, famous Red Rocks performances. Um, one of mine's one of the ones I like is the Incubus one. Um, the Gorge is kind of like that as far as like it is just such a fucking cool place to be and have awesome music. And at, the so. weather, even in the middle of the summer at the Gorge, like it's not nearly as hot as you would think it is because like it's right there. Like literally there's a giant drop off and a river below where, yeah. the, where the stage is mm. right it's behind. Very it. comfortable, but it's just um, it's a beautiful place. That and the White River Amphitheater um, also in Washington are probably two of my favorite places to see yeah. uh, shows. White River is not quite as serene as the gorgeous the gorgeous is fucking amazing um but the last time i saw tom petty was actually at the matthew knight arena mm-hmm. down in eugene um which bryce was there for which is not as large of an arena as as other arenas but it was a pretty amazing show our tickets were in the 200 level but the way matthew knight is arranged is like it was still good seating because it Fuck it's, yeah it's super steep mm-hmm. we um, so the, scary Steve have you guys yeah, been to the, scary yeah we were right in front of one of the glass deals <laughs> yeah, yeah so it was yeah have you guys been to the schnitzer down in portland i've been to the schnitz before yeah yeah i think the schnitz is kind of like that that's like uh, Sam rogan yeah nice uh-huh. nice um, that's a nice that's a nice theater and uh um there's not really a lot of bad seats in that place either yeah so I saw willy wonka and hmm. in, in the chocolate factory uh the play at the schnitz when oh, I was that's cool oh cool yeah it was it was badass that's a hell of a field trip yeah Nice. Yeah, it was fun. Um but anyway, Tom Petty, um the reason that that I that brought that to mind when we were talking about Tool was you said there was a version of a song of Opiate that's way different than on Salable than than on the the studio record and whatnot. Um, it was Push It, but yeah. Push It, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. um, real good. <laughs> it it reminded me it reminded me that Tom Petty actually has a, a number of songs that he does live a lot differently than he does on the records and stuff like that. And so it's It's like going to Cannon Crow's show. I kind it, of really like that though. Like it's, it, it made it so Tom Petty released a box set. Uh, it's right down there. 
uh, <laughs> um, the live anthology that's like a five disc set. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Um, and it's all live recordings and stuff. And it made it to where like that's kind of my preferred medium of listening to Tom Petty is that live anthology because mm-hmm. it it brings back what it means to see it live, and it's 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 fucking awesome. Like if you've never seen Tom Petty live, you should. There, there's some artists that do that that I think are kind of a lot of fun to be fans of because you know like i know one of the guys i listen to on a podcast is a real big fan of fish um mm-hmm. and i, I mean if i'm that's not your one cup of those tea, i'm not but <laughs> if that's your cup of tea but the that, that's another interesting thing like um fish is kind of the same way as in you can get the you know small amount of studio records they have uh but you can also go listen to like the you know 37 different bootlegs of whatever particular song it is um, you like that are completely different um so the the last tom petty show that my wife saw without me uh before she was my wife uh was actually one that uh trey anastasio opened for oh nice oh crazy and, cool and no it wasn't it was oh. it was a bunch of hippies acting like they were doing a rain <laughs> dance but mm. um the plus side to that though is that stevie nicks was also there and she actually came out on stage and did uh several songs with uh tom holy shit. Wow. when tom was on stage so that's a hell yeah, of a show yeah you had you you take the bad with the good yeah. in situations. Yeah. Um, but and I've seen I've seen Joe Cocker because of uh, I saw Joe Cocker actually two years before he died because of Tom Petty because he was touring with him. Nice. Uh, and uh, Steve Winwood, who oh, yeah yep <laughs> actually in the show that you went to like yeah. I actually had a lot of fun watching Steve Winwood. He killed it. Yeah. It was it was it was way more fun than the first time because I've seen Steve Winwood open for Tom Petty twice. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, and Higher Love is the song that you're looking for if you can't, yep, yep, if you, if you don't know what, what Steve Wood would have famous for. <laughs> Take me to higher love. Yeah, that's about what he sounds like these days too, because he's all old. And I guess he's constantly chewing a spoonful of peanut butter. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's let's move on to some Now wrestling. we can move on. Now yeah. we can move on. I just wanted to brag that I We've have tickets to go see. Yeah. I might actually go see, Casey and I were contemplating going up early. And mm-hmm. when I say early, I mean like on the fifteenth. Oh, um, because if we can afford it and get a place to stay for that long, we want to see the Mariners uh, beat Baltimore. Oh, because that's their last <laughs> home game before they go on the road for a week. So, so if that happens, I'm going to be there. You know that. <laughs> I, you know, that. I wouldn't have it any other way, sir. You know that. Um, <laughs> the other thing too is that I was also thinking that, um, maybe Eddie and I go see. Metallica in Vancouver on the thirteenth. Okay, this is gonna be a weekend for you, huh? And then, and then, and then on the fourteenth, which is my wedding anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> where, where are you taking me? <laughs> you'll have to drop me off in Seattle <laughs> with the wife on your way home. You act like if you go to Metallica, that I'm not going. I know. It's I. I to- here's the thing. I told my wife, I was like, dude, I'm totally fucking going. The only problem is, is they're not playing in Portland mm. at all. Like they're playing CenturyLink Field, and they're playing in Vancouver, BC. Well, wow. OBC Vancouver. Yeah, those okay. those are those are the. If we go to Canada, will they let us come back in? I mean, I I'm like I'm a, almost not ashamed if they don't. A third mm-hmm. Irish or something like that. I would fucking stay in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck I yeah. mean, if they were like, you can't come back in. You have to stay they're in like, Canada. I'd be oh, like, darn. all right, I'm gonna go break my arm and get some free healthcare. Fuck you, yeah, bitches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, Holy shit! I'm gonna break my arm because I fucking can. Yeah, <laughs> don't tell me what to do. Um, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I totally want to go see Metallica. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to. I I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and make it work. Like even if it's like 
a quick shot up. The only thing that scares me about going to see Metallica is I bet those tickets are ridiculous. They're probably going to be, but it'd be Canadian dollars. Centrally Field, dude. That's where the Seahawks are. Are we trading well against Canadian right now? That's huge. Yeah. That's cool. That'd be the closest one. I mean, if you guys really want to go to Canada, I mean. When are they playing Century League? I think it's actually on the 14th. It might be on my anniversary. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what do you need an anniversary for? You've already got an anniversary present, all right? You're going to have one. Well, you had one last year. I don't know that next year. Yeah. (laughs) I guess it depends on where you go this one. Metallica is one of those bands, though, that I feel like I've never seen live before, and I kind of owe it to myself to see them because I don't know how much longer they're going to be doing it. Uh, you know, see, yeah. that's fair too because I've never seen Metallica. For Eddie's either. edification, I saw Metallica and Tool in the same show. In, really, in South Korea. Where? Oh, okay. Don't that's you want to just slap him in the face with your on dick the right anniversary now? of Master of Puppets? So that's an, that's amazing. Was it actually. was it when they just did Master? Like when the, they yeah, well, they so, played okay. the album in its entirety. So Tool did a full show beforehand, uh, and on the Korean posters, Tool was considered a quote unquote support band. <laughs> okay see that's what's amazing because though. none when of the you... koreans fucking knew you know <laughs> well i mean technically yeah. it's probably true but, but any anytime <laughs> like just that's the uh i guess magnanimity of the uh type of show you're going to see when tool mm-hmm. is the opener yeah like you're in for a fucking show dude yeah and then and then we we're all pissed because apparently they had lighting issues or pyro issues in metallica so it took them literally like 45 minutes t- to set up their shit well and then but once they started playing like I literally had to leave because I had to get up at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. I had to leave before they stopped playing, and they'd been playing for like three hours by the time I did. So they played the full wow. Master of Puppets album straight through, and then they played a bunch of shit. They played some of the shit from St. Anger, which, by the way, uh, while they're tuned like a normal Metallica band and it sounds like Metallica, that songs are those songs are great. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as some there's, of the there's stuff, a way to make those songs good. It's, you can look yeah. it up on YouTube. From, yeah. As well as some of the stuff from Death Magnetic. Like which hadn't been released yet, they played a few tracks. From Death that. Magnetic's fucking phenomenal. Mm. Oh yeah. Have no. you have you heard the new record? Oh yeah. Oh, it's fucking amazing, dude. It's amazing. So good. It's, yeah. It's at wired. least as good I, as Death Magnetic. No, it's Death better. Magnetic, it's better. Probably I'm, better. I'm, I I I listened to that record once and I said this is the best thing they've done since the Metallica yeah, record. And then he made angrier. me listen to it and I kind of agreed with him. Yeah. It's yeah. Really. Moth good. to Flame. Fuck, mm-hmm. that song's good. I listened to that song when I was mowing the lawn the other day. It's amazing. Nice. Um, <laughs> you do housework. Sometimes I was gonna say getting on his full thrash metal, you know, anti-authoritarian, you know, roots while he does the housework. I, dude, I I throw in the fucking earbuds and I go like, yeah, it's, no, it's I, I do beautiful. the same thing. Like I do the dishes and just like jam out. Yeah, okay, but but yeah, be- best concert I've I've been to to date. Absolutely, I stole the wife's uh, so Apple earbuds the other day, and and she was like, "What happened to yours?" I'm like, "I gave them daddy." <laughs> <laughs> I think those are actually probably still sitting in my car. Before before you had a phone that you can't plug them into. Yeah, basically. Fucking fuck. Alright, let's talk wrestling. <laughs> you're such you're such a fucking pansy. <laughs> I know. Jack. Well, I got Bluetooth headsets. Or I got a Bluetooth headset now. And that's pretty good, except for Bluetooth sucks. Like you, like dude, it, I really like wireless, but Bluetooth sucks. Dude, if they could have made Bluetooth run on a frequency other than two point four. Like, why? Why? It's because it's the, 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 there's a very small spectrum licensed by the FCC for, you know, those types of usage. But you can't fucking run it. Like, some people don't it's have a Wi-Fi gigabit routers. Yeah. So, like, okay, here's the thing. The bottom line with Bluetooth for me is that we're way too far in this game for something that only kind of works most of the time sometimes. And then when it fails, it fails horribly. Um, and you can't like, fucking fix skipping it. Skipping audio. Mm-hmm. I haven't had to deal with skipping audio for 
fucking 15 years or something like that since I was carrying around the first version of shitty Discman in my, you know, backpack on my way to school or something like that, mm-hmm. that I have to deal with skipping audio, <laughs> na- audio now in 2017 years ago. You think that's 15 years shut ago? Up. Yeah, <laughs> shut up. Yeah, shut up. Fucking like calendar man over here. Here's, here's, uh, here's the thing. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to rant right now because, and Eddie probably was in high school 15 years ago, but anyway, um, 32 mm, no no 17 yeah no, I, I was in high school fuck you guys uh, <laughs> no. I, I don't know if i had that i by that time they had probably Dude, had you, skip protection i knew you during your last year in high school i wasn't you there. weren't in high school <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a good point uh, all right rant go bluetooth is supposed to have a range a theoretical range of, of 30 feet mm-hmm. okay it's not 10 feet from the place where my wife charges her phone upstairs into our bathroom but if the door is closed you get constant fucking signal interruptions. And the door is that big and not solid. Dude, in my That's fucking like an car. And a half he's doing in my fingers. fucking car, I have a Bluetooth receiver. I, I got a little piece of Velcro and I tacked it to the dash. Um, and my phone usually sits in the little console Krijigger, not even a fucking foot away. Twelve inches, not even twelve inches away, and I still sometimes get skipping on Bluetooth from that far away. So I don't I don't have those problems with my Bluetooth because I got a, one of the FM transmitters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My problem with the FM transmitter is like you have to turn it up so loud that you can actually physically hear. I mean, that's like, that's background. the other thing that's annoyed that I'm annoyed with. But there, I at least understand it because that's they're just line out volume, um, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. But uh, I I cannot believe that it's 2017 and we really don't have a good standard for this because it shouldn't be that difficult. No, I mean, and if I bought a new deck that actually had Bluetooth built into it, I doubt it would be that that big of an issue. But like the fact that it's not it's not 10 feet. Yeah, because no, I have I have I have a, a creative Bluetooth just sucks. I have a creative uh, Bluetooth speaker that sits. It's a stereo mm-hmm. Bluetooth speaker, and it's big. It's not like a like a pill. It's like a big one mm-hmm. that we have sitting on our shelf in our bathroom. Because for anybody who has not been in my house, I have an absurdly large upstairs bathroom that has like weird shelving built into it all over the place. But um, honestly, his house might have been designed by Gozer the Gazarian. There's some very weird it, angles. Uh, Sumerians probably actually, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, my house was built in 1900. Yeah, it's back before they invented the square. It's it's <laughs> literally 117 years old. So um, they're only using pi to like three digits at that point. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, all the corners are off. <laughs> Sir, sir. But anyway, yeah, we have this thing I, called a triangle. I just all right, put it everywhere. Mm. I just think it's ridiculous that that like I can't be in there and not have no Bluetooth any sucks. kind of fucking interruptions while I'm listening to music. It, while it I'm can't there. even do HD audio. Like no, it, it literally that's, can't. That's, that's because just, no, it's because guys, it's two point four gigahertz, yeah. dude. Blue, like Bluetooth you can't... sucks. No, it's not even two point four. Two point four, like that bandwidth on its own could transmit that frequency. It's just the implementation it's not of Bluetooth. That good though. Two point four sucks. sucks. Mm-hmm. 2.4 yeah, sucks. But I'm just saying, 2.4 on a, like, we've been using 2.4 routers for the longest time. Which is part of we've, the problem, though. I think, I think the wireless end spec will allow you to get up to 150, 150 megabits per second, which is, like, pick your highest, you gauge, highest density audio ever. That, that you're going to be able to play that, um, um, you, like you can be playing uncompressed waves and you'll still be able to transmit on that spec, um, fast enough to get the HD part. It's just that the way that Bluetooth is implemented sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Let's talk some wrestling because I, oh, any... I'm dry. All right, we'll be back. Yeah, yeah, boot. <laughs> All right, guys, let's talk mm-hmm. wrestling. Oh, yeah. We did, we did, we have some news. 
Um, we have some sad news, and Matt's going to tell news. us why we care, because Bryce, Bryce and I, I don't think I don't are know, as ne- nearly as big fans as, uh, as Matt, Matt is. Matt, uh, so Matt, yesterday, as we record this... Matt, I feel like crying right now, so make me cry. Okay. Yesterday, um, as we record this, we lost George the Animal Steel, whose name I recognize, but unfortunately I do not um, know enough. So... <laughs> is he a porn star or a wrestler? Wrestler. Oh, okay. George the Animal Steel... George is, the Manimal Steel is who you're thinking of. Oh, He's been wrestling for a lot of years. Uh, not anymore, he hasn't. Well, he's not been wrestling in the last several years. Too soon. Necessarily. Um, 1967 and 1988. He occasional was, appearances, 1990s, yeah, 2000. I did see him in the Attitude Era. He came in and wrestled a match uh, against maybe Edge and Christian. I don't remember. Hmm. Um, quite possibly one of the hairiest men I've ever seen. Uh right. Well, now he I'm just turned on. Is not known necessarily for his technical wrestling repertoire. He's just a big dude, and he used to pick guys up and spin them around. That kind of thing. He's here's, a very fucking dude. Here's the thing about George the Animal Steel. Um, he's a guy that I remember wrestling regularly when I was a kid. Um, Matt's old. Me and, my, me and my buddy Virgil used to watch wrestling quite a bit, and it wasn't uncommon to see George the Animal Steel show up. And and wrestle a match or at least scare the piss out of somebody. Uh, he is probably most well known for ripping the turnbuckle pads open and eating the contents of said turnbuckle pads. The the, the padding or were there like hearts, like the foam, human hearts back the, there? No, no human hearts, just okay. foam. Okay. Um, and his tongue was always green, presumably from the turnbuckle pad contents. But was I, it green foam? I, no. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> no. That's probably just the asbestos. Asbestos. Something. Uh, yeah. It's... He was more of a gimmick guy than mm. anything else. Um, but Jesus Christ, man. He's been doing this for a long time. He was born in 1937. He actually died exactly Ooh. too much shy of his 80th birthday. Oh. So. Big bucket um, of win, if I if I may. Big, big bucket of win. Big um, bucket of win. Yeah, he was actually in Ed Wood. In in what? Ed Wood. Ed, is that a person? <laughs> it's a Tim Burton film. Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, he 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 portrayed uh, Swedish wrestler Tor Johnson. Oh, okay. I was I think you were gonna say Ed Wood was a person. He no. was like all up in there. Mm-hmm. He he trailed Ooh, uh. he trailblazed the way for homosexuals in the wrestling industry. Like, no, it, no, it turns out it's a movie. Ah, oh, damn it. Yeah. It would be so, Tim Burton, though. I mean, it would. Speaking of trailblazing the way for homosexuals in, in, in wrestling, let's talk Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens, huh? Dude, here's the thing I didn't know. What? Just about George Steele real quick. Yeah, okay. Uh, he was married to his wife, uh, Pat Myers. He married her in 19, 1956 and stayed married to her until he died. That's Holy a classy shit, motherfucker that, right there. That is the biggest bucket of win right Big there. Big bucket of win right there, yeah, totally. Damn. Are you going to get sued by Babylon now? I mean, you got to figure Maybe. he was probably like, uh, I know how hairy I am, and I don't think I could probably do any better. I, did so you I look up any pictures this. of him? I think I've seen pictures. George Steele? I've seen pictures, yeah. yeah. He's a fucking woolly mammoth, dude. They, like, there's a reason yeah. why they call him the animal. Yeah. 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 George He's Animal's like that deal. Mexican wolf man, dude, that has like full out body hair. Like, <laughs> he's got a fucking fur coat. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. In that yes. line. Yes. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen pictures of the dude, just I, I'd never seen him wrestle. His finishing move was the jumping splash. Wow. That's, awesome. that's the era that he grew up in like that that was a big deal <laughs> jumping splash just not off a rope either 
Uh, oh my god! Rope having not been invented until although he did yeah. utilize the crossface chicken wing occasionally. Hey, that's illegal. Crossface chicken wing in <laughs> regular wrestling. Well, collegiate style, maybe. Oh, but... Maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm just thinking of the double chicken wing. It's been a while since I wrestled, and I've had a little bit of whiskey. What? What? All right, all right. Let's talk. Next. Kev- Chris, Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens. The romance is over. So this is going to be nothing to Bryce because he hasn't been keeping up on the current product. But um, hey, says you for Eddie, who has been keeping up with the product, so to speak, at um, least at through, through pay per views. Yeah. Um, not a not a raw pay per view goes by that doesn't involve Kevin Owens having a match for the title or Chris Jericho somehow coming in and interfering to save the title for Kevin Owens and whatnot. Um, this last Monday night, Chris Jericho came out. And actually, I'm going to have you watch it at some point because he delivered what was really kind of um, almost a swan song to Kevin Owens uh, because he is leaving after WrestleMania, which is just uh, six weeks away now. Jericho is? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like like retiring, leaving? Well, no, he's going on tour with Fozzie, so he's going to be gone for a while. Mm, uh, his band. I don't. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how long he's going to be gone for, but it was pretty emotional. Like he. I mean, other than the comedic parts of it, because he gave him a statue that looked really gay, and then he <laughs> unveiled a painting that was basically um, a recreation of the the Sistine Chapel painting. <laughs> Only it was it was Jericho laying there with no pants on, and and Kevin Owens doing the finger, doing the finger touch nice. thing. Aww. Which Kevin Owens was not necessarily appreciative of, but uh, he he came out and was just basically talking about how this last year for him has been one of his favorite years wrestling and that Kevin Owens was a big part of it. And just, he was like genuinely like, Hey, thank you for making this what it was for me and and whatnot. And you really started to feel for Jericho, even though they're kind of a heel team, like you were, you were feeling for him for a minute. And then, uh, KO gives him a gift and he was like, it's nothing compared to what you got me, but here I'm in, here's, here's your gift, you know, and he unwraps it and it's a new list. (laughs) <laughs> so for anybody that, that has been paying attention, Jericho has a metal clipboard and he calls it the list of Jericho. And when people get on the wrong side of Jericho, they go on the list. Um, Only when he opens it, he's like, oh, it's a new list. This is great because my other one's getting kind of beat up. And he looks at it and he's like, but wait, why is my name on it? And the camera pans around to the back of the list and you can see it says the list of KO on it. Mm-hmm. And then Kevin Owens just fucking plows him down and beats the shit out of him. Ooh. So that was the end, the end of the Jericho Kevin Owens era, um, and the beginning of the Jericho Kevin Owens feud that will culminate at WrestleMania. Is my, my did suspicion? We, did we do a spoiler alert there, dude? This was on Monday Night Raw <laughs> on Monday. So hey, you just about anybody that's listening uh, for wrestling news is caught up. They know. Hey, anybody? Hey, spoiler alert. Bruce Willis is dead at the end of Sixth Sense. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You did asshole. you hear about Split? Uh, maybe the M Night Shyamalan okay, the Dong movie. Yeah, the, before they're before we go too the much same, further, the same. Yeah, 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 same. I haven't heard of, uh, all. I've heard is a very few brief mentions on Twitter saying go see it. It's actually really good. Yeah, do it. I haven't seen it yet, but I I it's been spoiled for me, but. Uh, I, it hasn't okay. been spoiled for me. I haven't seen it. I, I kind of like to. Yeah, same. I, all I'm going to do, I'm going to say one thing. It takes place in the same universe as Unbreakable. Yeah, and they're going to keep making 
they're they're gonna do another one disney's gonna get involved because i believe disney bought the original company okay i need to yeah yeah, i want to go see that because actually um i know everybody likes uh the sixth sense when we're talking about shalomalan shalomalan too much whiskey for this uh movies but um unbreakable is my favorite yeah for sure hands down good um and it's right up our nerd alley because it is essentially a comic book movie just not uh, my understanding too is that there will be an eventual showdown between the David Dunn character from Unbreakable and Crumb from Split. So, yeah, I need to. See I don't know who that is, but I want to go see it. Yeah, it, James McAvoy. Okay, stop, stop talking. James McAvoy. We're, we're done. We're done. We're done. He's he's the lead in Split. So, spoilers. Is that like I, I is can't that, tell you who an actor is? Is that Just Captain Picard? <laughs> Number one. Number yeah, one. I think it's so. Number one. McAvoy or Stewart? It's <laughs> one of my favorite lines in that movie. Anyway. All right, uh, let's talk our classic match tonight. So, culminating the, for the show, we're going to talk about um, a classic match. As you know from previous episodes, um, when there's not a pay per view to talk about, we watch a classic match from times gone by, and then we discuss it here. Tonight's match: 1999's St. Valentine's Day Massacre, Ye featuring days. none other than Stone Cold Steve Austin mm. and Vince the Boss McMahon, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Right. Yeah, dudes on so many roads. And if that so doesn't get roids. you, if that doesn't get you, it's in a steel cage. It's it is yeah, a steel cage match. If you weren't hard I'm already, shit over. There's steel fucking cages in this bitch. So Matt um, has notes. I do have notes. The first time I've seen him with handwritten notes. Just dude, this is my podcast notebook. You've taking shit seriously. Like, I have not. I yeah, have, he, 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 really has, he has a podcast notebook. I've not. Yeah. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. All right. Yeah. We're right. good. We're good. It, he's almost almost professional. Very nearly. He's in sweatpants, but he's got a notebook. <laughs> it's in my house. Those are <laughs> in my house. <laughs> those are professional sweatpants. He yeah. got those at the uh, um um. The the the, the casual section of the bugging me though uh, uh, men's oh. warehouse. No, that's a good hole. Men's yeah, warehouse, I mean. which coincidentally has also stopped carrying anything by Ivanka Trump. Make <laughs> make that hole a little bigger. <laughs> Tell you why. If anybody didn't know, <laughs> that's awesome. So that's Nordstrom's, Macy's, and men's warehouse. <laughs> did you really go for your? Did you go to the men's warehouse for Ivanka Trump merchandise? I think a she lot? designs men's clo- men's clothing as well. That's because if I know, I, I know. I mean, I'm a. Um, yeah, I consider myself a feminist. Does, I'm a modern day man, but I don't necessarily go and say like, you know what? I need, I need whatever Ivanka Trump's making these days. Dude. And by making, I mean uh, outsourcing to a Chinese sweatshop, and that is not at all designed. It probably those, has anything to do. How with her. does Trump <laughs> really feel about the the fact that his daughter married a Jew and converted to Judaism? Like. You know, we don't talk about that ever. Like nobody mentions that. Okay, okay. I've I've heard from several sources that his son donald jr is actually a really good dude so did did you hear about uh seth rogan and donald jr on twitter i did not so seth rogan noticed that that trump jr follows him i did i did hear about this one and uh and so he tweeted him you know hey uh any chance you get your dad to resign (laughs) <laughs> right? right like kind of an innocuous single tweet but then he follows it up with a dm to him basically scripting out how he should explain to his father that he's ruining civilization as we know it and should and should resign oh, that's beautiful <laughs> that's amazing thus far we've not gotten a response from from djt j i think i think that might be an unfollow not sure but i think maybe yeah i could imagine though that ivanka would make some fucking dope ties and shit like legitimately dude here's the thing about ivanka right i like, can't imagine anybody in the trump family makes anything other than like with chinese ivanka. people sad because they have to work for like 14 hours a day in a sweatshop making shitty ties the deal with ivanka is i totally do her 
Oh. The problem is so ordered so dad, dad, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, that's <laughs> kind of the problem there. Like, it's okay for me. Right. Not okay on the other end of that. I didn't shoot her out of my dick. Less he okay did. on the other end that's of that. That's kind of yeah. a thing. Yeah. That it's a deal breaker for me. I feel like maybe we've digressed from our classic match discussion. <laughs> well, I don't know if we started our classic match <laughs> we discussion. Yet. We haven't yet. We haven't okay, started Vince, it at all. But Vince, right. We've got notes. Matt Guys, has notes. let's hop into the steel cage. All right, so we've got Stone Cold Steve Austin, and we've got Vince McMahon, and we've got a steel cage. The problem is is we're not going to get either one of them in the, in the cage at the same time for about 15 minutes. The steel cage is black, in case you were wondering. Uh, it is an old-school steel cage. Um, they used to be blue uh, prior to this, but it is a very, um, like, steel squares with uh, the rubberized... Mm. No time. This is an easily climbable steel cage. Like, yes. Yeah. It's got big, was, big gaps in it. Um, when we were watching the Hell and Cell match time, last time, one of the things that I forgot to mention was I was actually really impressed that Mankind could like scale that chain link. Like, dude. Or 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 um, um, Undertaker for that matter. Like, it's just anybody. Like, climbing a chain link fence at my, like my age is not something that I, like I take lightly. This steel cage is basically like a ladder. Is this our third or third match that we've done? third i think so uh <laughs> yeah because we talked about this and we talked about uh the screwdriver i think so uh and was that first yeah screwdriver was, was first and then we did the uh mankind undertaker hell in a cell match and now we're here yeah uh we're kind of going in chronological order uh and, and and i'm pulling a lot of this from my rewatch that i started because i started watching monday night raw um from its inception in 1993 um along with all the pay-per-views up until where we're at now in yep. case any of our listeners are still with us and wondering matt has no life <laughs> i also have a job mm. where i'm given the opportunity to watch whatever i want to on my screen while i'm working and somehow he wants to watch 90s wrestling matches well it's streaming it's easily <laughs> yeah. oh, accessible yes. Yes, yeah that's true that's true so um is porn one of these days, we'll talk about my rewatch Stargate because I'm actually uh, through season eight now. I'm I'm on season eight as well nice. as the first season of Atlantis. So nice, oh, beautiful. Mm. All right, so um, this match is actually kind of culminating one of the largest feuds that we've had in the WWE, um, and that is uh, Vince McMahon versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. It was at this time WWF. That it was this is WWF. true. We were still um, WWF in these days, and it doesn't even culminate here. Like. This is kind of just one of those roadblocks along the way to the culmination of this because this this feud lasted years. It did. Um, um, this is kind of one of the I think big stories in 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 wrestling. It's uh, it's what made the WWF the dominant brand over time. Like the fact that WCW had the NWO starting in 1996. This is three years later. WWF had had his ass handed to it in, in ratings for so long that it, it started reaching for whatever it could do. And one of those things was that it took the, uh, it, it adopted the theory that they could just have these wrestlers instead of slapping on whatever stupid doink the clown gimmick or anything else that they were giving it, that they could just basically put them out there as themselves turned up to 11, so to speak, if we're speaking spinal tap terms. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a reason it's called the Attitude Era. Yeah. Um, uh, they did the same thing with Undertaker the next year where he came out in his biker persona and things like that. But um, this was really kind of the, the story that people in general could get behind because it was the everyday working man in a fight with his boss, his tyrannical boss. And I, I don't think there's any person short of Betsy DeVos um, 
who can really i just bought my boss yeah who could really get around that you know what i mean like they everybody could really kind of wrap their their hands around that idea of of fighting against their boss at some point yeah i mean around that idea it's an easy story Mm -hmm. because um you got the clear bad guy you know the super rich corporation hasn't wanted to punch their boss at some point yeah but you got this you got this easy story which is you know the clear bad guy with uh vince mcmahon the rich corporation owner right into his fucking tits being a dick and, and then you've got this you know underdog sort of character which is stone cold steve austin who's also a super big badass and uh at this point i should mention has totally gotten over the with the fans like for a while he was running heel and the fans still loved him um austin 316 is i think probably the biggest turning point um when he first coined the uh, austin 316 line that's really when it didn't really matter whether he was running heel or face that was um, king of the ring in 1995 when he had his feud with jake the snake roberts yeah a uh, little tidbit there triple h was actually scheduled to win the king of the ring that year but that was also the same year that um uh razor ramon mm-hmm. uh aka scott hall and Diesel, a.k.a. Kevin Nash, left to go to the WCW. Triple H was involved in the infamous uh, curtain call, which happened in May of 1995. At the Garden. We talked about at this. The, at the Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Um, came out and, and embraced in a group hug with all these guys, which basically exposed the business for what it was because we had heels and baby faces in the ring all hugging each other at the same time because these guys were, were leaving. Um, Triple H was the only one that really could be punished because Shawn Michaels at the time was, was the champion. Couldn't really do much to him. Um, the other two guys left, so that left Triple H to bear the weight of the entire thing. Um, and it led to Vince McMahon telling Triple H, in a, a pretty famous quote at this point, this is the part where you learn to eat shit and like it. Yeah. So um, Triple H was going to win that year. They had to reshuffle things, which led us to Stone Cold, which is probably one of the happiest mistakes to happen in the world of prof- uh, professional wrestling, because I don't think that the WWF rises to the point that it did in the mid two thousands without stone cold, Steve Austin paving the way. No, I'll go so far as to say it absolutely doesn't like stone cold. Steve Austin is probably one of the most famous wrestlers and will go down as one of the most famous wrestlers that have ever been in the business. Second, maybe only to Hulk Hogan. And even then, I don't know. You could even make that claim anymore. I don't even know. if. Yeah. I mean, no, I don't know. Hulk Hogan ran through the AWA for a long time and then with the WWF for a long time um, before he left for WCW. But I don't know that... I think the most profitable year in professional wrestling ever was at the hands of Stone Cold Steve Austin. I, I think for sure. And I think he's probably more the... Ho- I don't know if he's the household name these days because Hulk, Hulk has been around for a long time. But I think he's probably up there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I literally know people with Stone Cold Steve Austin 316 tattoos. Uh, so, yeah, mm, if that goes to say anything. I yeah. mean, I mean, uh, I mean, that's a message I can get behind. I mean, all I your your Bible and your you know whatever, I, but mm, but Austin I don't know 316 says I just whipped your ass. Like, I don't know. That there's a lot of people out there that you have to explain who Stone Cold Steve Austin is. Mm-hmm. No, like that's. I mean, people know. Let's like, just for sure. Let's put it in terms people can understand. Our president. Donald J. Trump has taken the Stone Cold Stunner and lost. Stone Cold Steve Austin, yeah, has beaten Donald J. Trump. Yeah, we have the the, the first president. sitting president to ever have taken a Stone Cold Steve Austin Stunner. So yeah, why the so. fuck isn't Stone Cold making Mexico pay for the wall? He doesn't want to. He, he's he's uh, what is he doing? He's making beer, right? 
Yeah. And I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah. There which, you go. Absolutely. Speaking of which, like, Fuck you, you got a Whole I'm Foods go make beer. up near you. You should go in there and check it out. See if you can find some Broken Skull IPA for really? me. Really? They have it. Okay. They have it in California. I don't know if they have it here. But okay. I'll check. I have, I have Whole Foods. Yeah. Check and see if they can order it. Okay. Because if they can, have them do it. Because I've tried. I can go to in, in the seller.com. Yeah. The problem is, is the shipping is almost as much as the product. So I'm paying twice as much for it. Fuck that. So anyway. Yeah, I'll, I'll if check. you guys crack that while I'm not here, I'm going to be very upset. No, we'll, we'll, we'll totally wait. What? Okay. There you go. Okay. Um, so, setting up this match, we've got this huge feud going on between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon. Um, in the previous, I think it was King of the Ring, right before this, uh, uh, Well, Vince, Stone Cold, his character, no, it's Rumble. King of the Ring. The Rumble. Sorry, it's the Rumble. Um, previous to this, at the Rumble, um, McMahon actually won that Rumble. McMahon, that's the yeah, that's the Rumble McMahon won, and one of the reasons he did is because uh, they tricked uh, Stone Cold was chasing Steve, uh, ch- chasing McMahon, Steve, Steve McMahon, chasing Vince <laughs> McMahon around the ring and outside of the uh, thing, and all the way back into the backsides of the arena, and actually into like a women's bathroom where uh, Vince had the corporation, which is his his team of goonies. Uh, um, you know, drop him there. And that took him out of the winning, uh, out of the running for the rumble. And that's, you know, basically how Vince ended up winning it. So we got this feud that's been brewing. I think also before this was the infamous, um, stone cold stealing a, uh, um, concrete cement truck, you know, a cement truck and actually dumping cement into Vince's. I don't remember if this was before or after. I think it is before because, um, I watched on the network. I watched this whole run up, like um, the whole feud between the two. That's right. You actually did the rivalry thing. I I haven't watched it because I actually watched the whole thing. It, as it, it went. It's but. pretty good as a as a you know cut down of the the the, the thing. Um, but yeah, so Stone Cold gets back in him by um, filling his car, his Corvette with cement. Um, and then of course now we've got the the final fight basically, which is uh, Steel Cage Vince McMahon. Winner goes on to WrestleMania. Um, so, high so, stakes. Yeah, McMahon's spot as the number one contender at WrestleMania was up for grabs for this match. This was, this was, that was the... Yeah, the stake was if, if that Austin was the, lost, he wouldn't go Yeah, the, Well, yeah, I mean, he already wasn't going, but this was his opportunity to, to reclaim that spot. Ah, so, all right. So, um, there's a couple things I want to set up real quick, and then we can talk about the match. Number one is, um, and one of the things that I, when I was watching this more recently is, uh, let's break kayfabe for a second, McMahon's not a wrestler. No, um, he's been in the business a for a long time. He's a promoter. His dad was a promoter. His dad was a promoter. Uh, he's got lots of history in the business. He knows how it works and so on and so forth like that. But he's not a wrestler. Um, and this is one of the first big matches where um, he, they, they do lots of spots. You know, like I'm sure Stephanie McMahon's probably taking a stunner at this point. Um, oh, they, yeah. They do lots. No, of sp- maybe, maybe not so when this happened, but yeah. They do, they do lots of I'd spots. I'd give her a stunner. Yeah. <laughs> stunner? I hardly knew her, huh? Um. They do lots of spots in wrestling where, you know, the, the, um, you know, Stone Cold stomps a mud hole in somebody, which is, you know, a really easy move to, uh, do and nobody get, really gets hurt and all that kind of thing. Um, and then there's some bigger spots, uh, that they, they do. And this, this is the one that I thought kind of established McMahon. And you can see this later on with, uh, Shane O'Mac, um, where it's like, no, we're going to play with the big boys here. It, and that means taking some bumps. It, um, the thing. Yeah. McMahon kind of, at this point, it wasn't really until we talked about the Montreal Screwjob. Yeah. 
it was only just before that anybody had ever made reference about Vince McMahon being the owner of the WWF at that time. Yeah, no, we were when that was I think completely the screen we Yeah, we were watching um a lot of the early days. McMahon's just an announcer. McMahon, yeah, as far as as far as the audience in general knew watching wrestling at that point in time, McMahon was a ring announcer or the uh the play by play guy um on TV next to Jerry the King Lawler. Yep. That was that was it. Uh, in fact, when Raw first started, he wasn't even next to Jerry the King Lawler. He was announcing with the Macho Man Randy Savage. Macho Man um, was no longer wrestling at that point in time. It was relegated to uh, just being an announcer, a, a color commentary guy. That's why he left, yeah. um, actually. But uh, So this was the, the first real big storyline that involved Vince being the owner. And it, it's what created the um, evil billionaire Vince McMahon character uh he wasn't a billionaire yet but but it got to that point eventually um it again like i said before it, it really drives home the point like who hasn't wanted to wanted to punch their boss like this is this is the the ultimate underdog the redneck blue collar yeah worker rebelling against the man so to speak um and it it, it really is what took this particular uh rivalry to its heights to Eddie's point that he was getting to, though, like McMahon's not a wrestler, but God damn it, if he doesn't try. Oh yeah. Um, so that's one of the things is you watch this match and realize that he's not a wrestler. Um, we talked about this before. Um, you know, we know wrestling's predetermined. We know, you know, that there's you know things they do and they're not actually really punching each other hard in the face and stuff like that. Although they do take some stiff punches every now and then. Um, but there are certain moves that it, there's just no good way to land. Or, um, or some stiff falls from 20 feet. Yeah. <laughs> he fell 20 feet off that cage. Um, but that, even that, uh, for a guy who's not a wrestler, for me, like, just take me. Um, and they're like, hey, we're going to throw you off this thing and you're going to land on a table. Uh, I'd be like, I don't think I'm. I'd, I'd rather not. I, I don't, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't think that's a good idea, actually. Uh, I haven't really stretched. And... Two beers and two whiskeys in, I'd be like, sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> But the short of it is, fair point. McMahon's like, not the, a wrestler. The me right now, I'm like, yeah, all right. McMahon's but, not. A, you want the best counterpoint to this? Actually, watch the shit that Donald Trump does when he's uh, uh, in the business. Um, it's not at all to the level of, of you know, especially like this match with McMahon. I have a fun Trump story too when we're done. But okay, ahead. so uh, that that's I think the best setup I can give for this match. Um, we know from the behind the scenes shit, uh, Vince McMahon is not a wrestler. He's a pretty buff looking dude, as you mentioned. Yeah, he roided the fuck out. Absolutely. There's there's probably a chance that there's some roids involved. Um, at this one. point in time, he's 54 years old. Yeah, he's roided off his fucking nuts. He's so big in this. He's huge. He is. He is. Here's the thing, fuck. though. Whether roids or not, yeah, like the dude is at the gym at two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. No, he, he's 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 roided out, guaranteed. Like, I I'm not disputing that. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying that like he, he puts his work in. The he, common misconception to be misconception behind steroids is that like you can just like shoot steroids and all of a sudden you have muscles. Like true. You still have to work yeah. out. What the steroids do is they actually help your muscles rebound from that quicker than, than right. a normal person you can work out would. harder you can work out longer and you can work out the next fucking day and you don't feel mm-hmm. the the shitty soreness and, and you, pain you don't get the fucking dom. that's what steroids do yeah. for you they don't yeah. make you stronger they just make it to where you can actually push you the can, envelope you can work out like a beast until your fucking muscles snap off your so balls. it's not that he just didn't do any work to get that huge he's still huge 
Nothing wrong um, with that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 54 years old, man. 54 years old, and the guy is in he's, twice the shape that I'm in. He's easily. yoked, at least. Easily. <laughs> <laughs> he's in twice the shape that I'm in, and I'm in twice the shape that you are. <laughs> I don't... Maybe not twice. Uh, My muscles are big as yours. They're just... You don't have as much insulation around them. It's because you have a lot more body mass to push around. <laughs> All right. So we open this matchup basically with uh, Austin. Austin comes in, goes basically immediate and immediately into the cage. Um, McMahon comes out and Won't circles the cage the for like a half hour. Yeah, there's like... a lot of cat games going on here. Yeah. Well, I, I thought McMahon was in the cage first. No, Austin no. came out first. Okay, yeah, I'm for sure. Up. Good. And then um, <laughs> he literally just watched this like three hours ago. Yep. Yep. Uh, Austin jumps out of the cage, uh, twists his his knee. Uh, He's hurting pretty bad. So now McMahon decides he's going to go after him. Only to find out Austin was playing possum. Yeah, he was. He is the rattlesnake, folks. Mm -hmm. He was hiding in the bushes the whole time. Texas rattlesnake. So uh, Austin starts laying into it. Can I just interrupt real quick here? I mean, it's your show. I just said the Texas rattlesnake, right? Yeah. We didn't have JR calling this match. Isn't that sad? It, we had Michael Cole and Jerry the King Lawler. Um, JR, I'm pretty sure, coined the phrase Texas Rattlesnake. He's Oklahoman. He's what most people consider a Southerner, right? Yeah. Like, even though he's a mis- Midwesterner. He's a, he's a secessionist for sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he, he just has that voice that really lends credence to the stone cold character and we didn't have that at all we had jerry lawler who at the at that point is a very much a heel color commentator yeah and then we had michael cole who's a, a the straight man <laughs> it was really funny because actually it's like mcmahon's walk walking to the stage like lawler's like gaying out like uh, don't don't get me wrong that's fine but um he's like uh look can you see the muscles on him oh my god he's gonna break stone cold in half you know like uh yeah it's funny yeah 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 um so we didn't have JR for this, and that's probably the one detractor to this match. Because the match itself was actually, overall, really entertaining. Um, I've talked about this to Eddie before off-air. I don't know if I've talked about it on-air. This is the match that really um, my my buddy Adam showed me years and years ago that got me back into professional wrestling after so many years of not being being interested, interested or, at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but just watching this one match with Stone Cold and and Vince McMahon and and all the shenanigans that you know yeah. happen over time, um, this is the one that did it for me. Yeah. So so um, Austin takes it to McMahon. Um, you know, hits him with the headsets and stuff like that. And eventually, they end up trying to climb up the cage, and that culminates in Austin uh throwing McMahon off the cage into the announce table. Which I believe is a Spanish announce table. It is. It's always the Spanish announce <laughs> table. So it, it was a twenty feet. Twenty feet. He threw him twenty feet uh, down. Uh, he fell maybe maybe ten. Yeah, he kind of kind of jumped ten he feet. He jumped, actually. which maybe got him to ten feet. Yeah, I think yeah. before that it was eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something. But, but so the thing here is that this is one of the things that I was talking about where I kind of uh, respected McMahon for going through with it because. Oh, yeah. um, there's monitors on the tables. There's monitors on the table, and I don't get the feeling that those are fake. No, uh, they're, they're they're not. Number That's two, what they actually watch. Yeah. yeah. They, number two, these tables um, are probably gigged. Like uh, they're probably set up to break in certain ways. But like the way McMahon lands on the table, he lands on sort of like the um, there's uh, like a flat side, you know, holding the table up, and he lands on that, so the table doesn't immediately break. Like he lands on you know that spine, you know, holding the table up. 
uh, um, and then sort of bounces a little bit, and yeah. then the table breaks. Yeah, not, not and he to also mention hits when, his head on one of the you, monitors. Yeah, when they when they replay it, like you can totally tell, like there's um, there's there's a cover that goes over top that shields the monitors from light. Yeah, other ambient yeah. light and whatnot. He lands on that, but you can see there's a definite bounce where his head hits the monitor through that that yeah. cover. Yeah. They give they give you a nice a nice slow mo of it, like, you know, replay. And his head does a good solid whiplash too, yeah. like down onto the like, monitor, like right near the corner. His, so he, his he neck was sore for three shot. days after this at least. I guarantee there was at least a mild concussion involved there. Probably. At least. He, he's, yeah. It's it's later been announced that he's suing the WWE for <laughs> concussion. No. Suing no. himself, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, this is a good point, a good time to point out to Bryce, uh, one of the things we talked about last week, which was that, um, Vince McMahon has a, an actual T-Rex skull on the wall of his office that Triple H bought him. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Like you mentioned concussion, right? Like, uh, but this guy has oh. a legitimate T-Rex fossil like skull on his wall of his office in, in Greenwich, Connecticut. Yeah baller as fuck that's all i can like, say is baller as fuck. <laughs> so um after these bumps um it, it looks as if uh, mcmahon's gonna be out of the match uh yeah, they, they actually call the match, match yeah. uh which actually hasn't started and stone cold's like this is bullshit this hasn't he literally says this is bullshit and this is one of the things i actually miss about the older days is they were allowed to get use some more language here and it really lends to stone cold especially because of the character he's playing but he says, you know, this is bullshit. You can't end the match. You never even got in the ring. We never rang the bell. Uh, nothing's over. Is he still breathing? And so Stone Cold jumps him on the ramp, hits him with the board he's being carried out on, uh, pulls him into the ring. And then we sort of actually get to the show proper. And that's, um, uh, you know, some more, you know, big bumps from McMahon. I think there's uh, you know, there's this one point where actually uh, Stone Cold throws him into the cage and he comes up, you know, with some color. He he's, he's uh, what do we got? He what? breaks him right open. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So after after he takes the the bump to the table, we we get some silly shitty MT cosplay. <laughs> yeah. Wherein wherein he's laying there and they're like trying to roll him onto the backboard and they're like, well, let's just let's just put the board on him and then flip him over, <laughs> like right? Like no MT EMT like properly trained EMT. Yeah. And I only know this because I was almost a lifeguard one time. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't do that. He's qualified, folks. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, I, I was lifeguard qualified for a bit, yeah. Uh, and then we get to the swearing part, yeah. which you mentioned. Like, that doesn't happen anymore. No. It should. Some of it... I'm not saying that you shouldn't make it accessible to kids because that's a big part of their audience and whatnot. But, like, you can have a dude say that's bullshit. Yeah. And it's fine. Especially when it's Stone Cold Steve Austin, it's, because yeah. like you, you just can't buy the fact that he's gonna be like, "That's do that's bull honky, that's bull honky." You know? yeah. yeah, no, it's bullshit. Well, that's yeah. a bunch of crap, guys. That's a bunch of crap. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you have Steve Austin go nuts after that. He runs out of the cage. The, the they're trying to wheel McMahon out like it's almost a race like they're yeah. trying to get him out of there before Stone Cold catches up. That's not gonna happen. It doesn't no. happen. No. no. <laughs> so you have him attack him on the on the on the stretcher, and then um, they get in the cage. Finally, that's the thing. Is like he he shoves the stretcher and 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 rams the cage with it. 
We're good. Twenty minutes falls in out. by this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. like easily. They finally get in the cage, and then they ring the bell, and then uh, it's really pretty simple. Like they ring the bell. Stone Cold comes off the uh, second rope. I think I don't think he doesn't come off the top rope. I don't. No, I've never seen no. Stone Cold off the top rope. But he comes off the second rope, uh, drops an elbow off the second rope twice, yeah. and then signals for them to open the door. And then McMahon is given the finger in the ring. Yeah, one finger. Stone just, Cold's out. Like he's he's outside of the ropes, just getting ready to step. Foot he on he the was floor. on the on the steel steps, getting ready to step off, yeah. and then all of a sudden, no. And then McMahon gives him the finger, and he get, he has to turn around and go well, back. Oh no, 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 no! The the door wasn't open. He was climbing over the top. Of no, the no, no, no. This is he one. signaled for them to open the door. Is this an earlier? One? Yeah, yeah, this, this is earlier. earlier. Okay, they opened the door that or okay. the whole side of the cage <laughs> right, <laughs> right, in right. that day. Um. And then he goes back in. They close the cage. He actually lashes it for them. Like, he's like, no, fuck yeah. this, you know? Yeah. Um, and then you see him go into the side of the cage. Yeah. So he takes McMahon, throws him into the side of the cage um, head first. That that actually I th- thought was well done by, by McMahon. Like, that looked like a like it hurt, even though it's not a move that should. Um, and when McMahon comes up, he's bleeding. Um, of course, you know, behind the scenes, we know he probably gigged, which means, you know, small razor, small cut. Yeah. Uh, especially head wounds bleed a lot. So looks good on screen. But the only thing know. I'm confused about even on that then, whole spot that, is like, where did the actual gig go? I don't, yeah, I'm not because sure. Because there was no ref in the ring to take it from him, which usually there is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in a case where they where they do it on purpose. In this case, they're, they're, the only ref was outside and this was in the middle of the ring. So I. I don't I'm, know I'm where con- it went. I, but. I was confused about that too, but I think it's pretty obvious. Like you can see the kind of the cut. Um, yeah, yeah. Later on, because um, you know, he, I think Steve almost immediately just picks him up and throws him back under the cage again. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh yeah. And so now at this point, uh, I think this is the point where McMahon's laid out in the ring again, and Steve's like, "Okay, I'm I'm done now," uh, and is getting out of the ring, and then. Uh, that's then you when see the double bird. The double bird mm, gives the him the double, double bird. The double bird. If one bird was bad enough, but now he's giving him two. So yeah. Steve's got to go that's, back. That's yeah. where Steve that's where he was going over, over the top. But he's then he goes back down to the bottom, gets the double bird, and he's like, "All right, fuck this, dude. I'm getting back in." Yeah. So he climbs so, back over the cage. You see the the classic McMahon shitty sell on the stunner. Yeah. Where he can't fucking sell the stunner. Nope. But we finally get the stunner, which we all knew was coming. Jesus Christ, clearly. that guy cannot sell a stunner. No, like for all the all the selling he does in this match, like the the way that he just kind of crumples like wet paper it's, it's when when so he takes fucking the stunner is so sad. God damn it, it's terrible. Like especially like if you've ever seen like The Rock or Triple H or Kurt Angle, like the way they sell the stunner is goddamn gorgeous. And yeah. then like mm. Yusuf McMahon, he's like, Ugh. like just can't <laughs> do it. Yeah. Um. And that's when you see this match come to its head. Yeah. All of a sudden, just to the right of your screen, there's a dude legitimately coming through the canvas. Yeah. Like through the through the canvas. And it's 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 Paul White. Who would later be known as the big show, but at this point, like they're just saying it's it's Paul White. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um which says two things to me. Uh Number one, they were just happy to have him away from WCW. Yeah. Number two, they had no fucking clue what they were going to do with this guy. 
No, beyond, they didn't. Beyond this one pay-per-view, they didn't know what Except they were Except for him being just the big fucking dude. Right. Yeah. Like, they had no idea. Because they're like, it's Paul White. Like, anybody in the uh, fucking audience or the what? pay-per-view audience knew who that was. Like, yeah. obviously, we knew it's the giant from WCW. Like, anybody who watched both brands at that point, like, knew who it was. But, like, nobody knew it was Paul White. Yeah. So, Paul White comes out. He starts beating the shit out of Stone Cold. Actually picks him up and literally throws him through the cage. Yeah. Uh, Stone Cold ends up on the floor first. Hits hits the side of the, the side of the cage. It swings out over the floor. <laughs> he kind of just lets go and falls onto the floor and wins. It's like, yeah. Oh, oh, guess what, fucker? <laughs> since since the the object of the match is to get outside of the cage first, um, Stone Cold wins. He's got a title shot at WrestleMania, and now Paul White's the thing. Uh, and you know, cool match. Yeah. No, this was this was fun. Um. Like I said, this is the match that kind of got me back into wrestling after a lot of years of not being into it. Stone Cold Steve Austin is probably the best character uh, as far as like getting people to be able to buy into it. Like he is, he oh, yeah. is the character that people can latch onto no matter what walk of life you come from. I do get the feeling that one of the reasons that is is because he's not really that much of a character. Like, when you see Stone Cold in real life, he's not really that far removed from, like, mm-hmm. the Stone Cold Steve Austin character. Yeah, listen he, listen he to his podcast. Yeah. Listen to his podcast. Like, yeah. he cuts a promo on Paul Heyman in one of his podcasts that you're just like, is this guy going to just... Is, is he going to stun Paul Heyman right now? <laughs> like, that's that's kind of what you what you get to. And... um that's who he is. Yeah. Like and, yeah. and and literally, like I said, it's it's to take it into spinal tap terms, it's like it's it's that person and they just turn it up to eleven, just a little bit. Yeah. And that's that's who that is. Um to this day, he's one of my favorite characters. Like I listen to his podcast almost weekly. He's just two a week, so it's yeah, you know. Um it, it's just that thing. Like and he he's probably the pioneer of wrestling podcasts as well because before this there was speculation podcasts like um guys like dave Meltzer and um fuck i don't i don't know i don't know the rest of the the, the, <laughs> the wrestling journalist names like i don't i don't know them all yeah. like the pro wrestling observer with dave Meltzer is probably the most popular one um but like they've all done podcasts before, but it's it's all speculation at that point in time. Like Steve Austin was the first one that actually had a podcast that was like, okay, here's a work. This is how it actually works. Yeah, and and hmm. kind of just laid it out like that. Um, and I think people respect him for that more so than they would have back in the '90s because in the '90s it was all about, oh man, you exposed us. Like yeah. this is this is a, the worst thing ever. But like. Steve Austin just does he has that kind of uh personality where like you can listen to him talk about it and then it doesn't matter how much you know the 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 business at work and stuff like that you're going to tune in the next week to find out what else he's going to talk about. Yeah. Like that's just who he is. That's the other interesting thing like I've known it's a work for a really long time but uh it's still an interesting thing to watch because even just watching like we're talking about a lot of the inside things about you know the business like oh he took that big bump and he you know he gigged there and all that kind of stuff it's still a really interesting thing to watch uh even on that side you know like for fuck's sake we were talking about this the last when we talked about the screwdrop radio lab a podcast which has nothing to do with wrestling whatsoever was like this is so interesting we're gonna actually make a podcast about it so I'm gonna correct us on one thing too What's the that? Montreal Screwjob was not the first one of the classic matches we talked about. 
It was Steve Austin versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13. You're right. The double turn. Double turn. Um, which is one of the few matches that Stone Cold, like if you go back and listen to his podcast, actually, I'm sorry. If you're a Podcast One premium subscriber now, you can go listen to it. Um, that's such bullshit, by the way. Yeah, we've talked about that Don't too. Don't fucking ever do that. Um, <laughs> if you're a whatever premium subscriber, you can hear that on episode 61. If you fucking <laughs> happen upon us, you can hear whatever we've ever recorded. But anyway, um, he it, that's one of the matches that he actually... He, he went and did a play-by-play breakdown of that match. Um, that's got to be on the internet somewhere I can listen for free. Probably sure. somewhere yeah. that without paying podcast one. Fuck you, podcast one. Anyway. All right. Uh, let's let's put a bow on this before you get too angry. Do I look like I'm getting hot? Uh, I don't know. You we'll see me reach my fucking yeah. wallet? Come on. You podcast one. Hot. You were saying podcast lie. one. I don't know. No. Podcast I just, one premium I just think up. it's bullshit when you have a podcast. Podcasts are not something like. You get your money from sponsorships, not from making people pay to listen to your archived episodes. Well, it seems like they're getting their money from both now. Maybe. Not from me. No, I'm never I mean, I'm never going to fucking subscribe to anybody's podcast that I have to pay for to listen to archived episodes. It's yeah, not going to happen. Sure. Yeah, it's a bunch of bullshit. What? Am I offending people? Like, do you think... Do bunch you think of bullshit. We're not going to get sponsorships because of, the, because of my rant right here? Yep. <laughs> That's definitely what's going to be the, turning the sponsors off. I don't know, man. It's just stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. All right, boys, we're getting the go home cue. Uh, <laughs> this has been whatever episode seventy two. If you want to follow along uh, way late in the show, you can go and check out our notes at whatever co slash seventy two. Um, it's Facebook dot com slash whatever show. Yeah, we are at whatever show on Twitter, and you can email us your questions to um, uh, aptly named questions at whatever co. If you want to see both pictures that we've posted on Instagram, that's Whatever show. Yeah. <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, and finally, to finish up our whoring for the evening, if you want to sponsor this ep- show, God help you, but sponsors at whatever.co. Reebok, we're looking at you. Come yeah, on, Reebok. I, and, and I'm on Twitter, Bryce, Bryce W1415. Oh, we have a guest that has a Twitter. Yeah. I, I haven't tweeted in so long. You're so behind, Bailey. Let's That's amazing. Go. That's weird. My, 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 my Twitter right now is basically just retweets of critical things of Donald Trump. So I, I literally had to pull the, up there's worse things my you could be email doing. to figure out my Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's more whiskey to be had. Yeah. Good night, folks. Peace out.